warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 248. There's already like 7 million It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Uncool kids. What's his day's already been said? listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. But if I'm being honest, this show creeps me the fuck out. I toss it. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Jake, I don't know about you, man. I know you had to go into work today. Yes, that is true. I, don't I know did about- not get the sleeping schedule that I was supposed to knowing that I had to go to work either, so. But I'm, I'm excited for this shit. I'm ready to go. I slept. Okay, I've had a really rough week when it comes to sleep. Didn't get a lot of sleep this week, but last night I got a lot of sleep. Um, I took my Benadryl, which helps me sleep, and then I dropped some mel- melatonin. I've been I've been on this melatonin kick, and then I played my ocean sounds, so I got to listen to the ocean, and I went to sleep, and I and I I woke up, and I was like, wow, what a what a I think the melatonin's still in my system, though. I'm a little sleepy, and I don't know about this episode. I, I, I really don't know where it's going to go. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. I was hoping you were going to be, like, you know, all pistons firing this one. I don't know. I mean, even my backup generator will kick in. I have no fucking clue, man. It's like I don't know where this is going to go. We'll find out. It's one of those. <laughs> it's a wait and see. Oh, man. I feel like the only thing that's going to affect me is, like, whenever I'm really tired, I always forget the dumbest fucking things. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, God, I hate that, too. And it's like, you know, it's on the tip of your tongue, and then you sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's like dumb shit. Yeah. It's like, uh, who is that that stars in Ace Ventura? Uh, yeah. I can't remember. What's the What's the name of the main character in Back to the Future? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, exactly. And then I kind of like over paranoid mind fuck myself and then just like make myself. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So now I've been talking about Back to the Future for 10 minutes and I've been calling him Michael McDonald the whole time, you know? (laughs) 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 Oh, man. At least by the third time I step in, I think. (laughs) You'd let me hang out there a little bit, wouldn't you? A couple times. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, we're not alone this week. Our guest this week, first time on the podcast, I believe. Long-time listeners are going to know this guy as the uh, creator of the old cock block. 
some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You just heard the word <laughs> cock block. You have no idea what's going on. Some of you might know him as Shay on the Leftover Army podcast, uh, Brute Force and Ignorance. Uh, and he's also the co-host of Cos Buddies, uh, Mr. Eric Marable. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I was, I noticed, I was, I was, I was, I was like, I was wanting to plug your, your podcast, Cause Buddies, and I, I, I looked it up today, and I noticed that you only have three episodes since September of last year. Now hold on, I know it's called Cause Buddies, and this might just be an assumption, but after only three episodes, are, are, are the Cause Buddies not so chummy? What's going on? <laughs> No, we just have a lot of trouble like hooking up and uh, like trying to record after something really happens. So like, I only go to so many co- uh, conventions, and then Brooks. Well, she, she, I think she was going to quite a few too. But it's like we're trying to meet up after a convention so we could talk about what had happened. But yeah. it's like our schedules really suck because I'm two hours <laughs> behind and I go to bed really early. So yeah, it's it's rough. It's it only allots for three episodes in a year. <laughs> you can't even go quarterly. <laughs> well, we tried to change the name to cost kind of just friends, but it didn't. It was already taken, so we were like, "Oh, we got to really like ramp it up." I, I think you should change the name to Cause Whenever We Feel Like It, because because it's, 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 it's not. It doesn't stand for consistency or consistency. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Sorry, I, I'm letting everybody down in listener land right now. No, it's fine. I'm just fucking with you. I just wanted I wanted to get the story there. So, because uh, you know, I mean, I I don't know if there's a lot of cosplay podcasts, so I think that that would hit a pretty good demographic, honestly. And it's it's a great name for a podcast. I know. It's like I don't even know what to really bring up and talk about because it's like. How much can you really bring up about making or doing costume stuff when it's like a, an audio uh, format? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is an audio. It may be like a YouTube show with you guys, and you could show little pictures and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're supposed to do another one pretty soon because I had just gone to a convention and yeah. we had, we never got the pictures back from it to post on our website. So hopefully, pretty soon we'll get pictures to post up so we can record something and show everybody. Maybe if you do a YouTube show, that will inspire you to maybe crank out twice the episodes in a year. You might be hitting six. God, <laughs> man. We're- kind of pushing it i mean i already have like a face for uh for radio and a voice for silent films so i don't want to really fuck it up too much wow <laughs> i love this <laughs> no, I, I appreciate self-deprecating humor so thank you that was great um yep. hey uh jake yeah so thanks eric i really appreciate you joining us um and we are going to jump into itunes reviews yes <laughs> it's one star five crazy if we came back and i played that intro and i had already fallen asleep i have zero energy left jake (laughs) (laughs) that is not good that'd be fucked up wouldn't it oh man i'm halfway through this first mountain dew though i'm getting there yeah i tried uh i tried like a little power nap before i before i did this you know i was like ah give me just give me 10 minutes i sound like my great-grandfather give me 10 minutes to rest my eyes you know and i'm just like laying down there and uh and yeah it's it's i don't know i I, sometimes I just need to rest my eyes for a little bit and I'm good to go. It was not the case this time. 
Oh, man. I dreamed of a power nap the entire time I was at work <laughs> and I was going to be able to get home in time to get one. Yeah. And so, like, the utter disappointment of getting home and, like, uh, only having 45 minutes until we did this thing is, like, I don't know if it helped or hurt. Oh, man. Jake, I, I you work at a grocery store. I would have just loved if you would have just said, fuck it, and, like, laid out some Charmin on the floor and took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Get some lawn bag basing and if you had some to, Charmin on top of that. If you, okay, hold on. <laughs> if you had to... Sleep on a mattress of toilet paper. Which toilet paper are you choosing? Are you going, Charmin? Oh man, yeah, Charmin. Charmin would be good. Could you could you and, could you take like different types of toilet paper so that you're almost making it like a craftmatic adjustable bed? You know, like a little right. like a little firmer in like some certain areas where you need it, like the spinal cord to keep it straight. Like kind of like it, make it like a toilet paper tempurpedic. Um, by, by rules of this construction, we're leaving all the toilet paper still like in the packaging. It's right? in the packaging. You're not t- so you got to listen to the crinkling bullshit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I think I think honestly, if you take it out of the packaging, you're just you're falling through the cracks of the toilet paper. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That changes my. I think it's still Charmin. I mean, Angel Soft may be softer, but when it's behind a plastic wall. I don't think that's going to matter. I think ah. the durability of the Charmin is going to be more comfortable. You're not going to do like a mix and match, a little bit of Angel Soft over here, maybe by the head, the pillow area, you know. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad – this conversation's gotten crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and if you fucking poop while you're sleeping, you're good to go. Oh, my gosh, you can just shit the bed and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess we forgot about the part where this is all happening in a public hey, grocery store, speaking though. Speaking of shitting the bed, back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you like the little transition there, a little segue? Um, that was good. It, it was is, good. It shut me right up. It is all about the plastic barrier, though, with the Angel Soft. I agree. That's a, that's a good observation on your part there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you put all- Thank you. It's like uh, sleeping on your grandma's couch when she's got the plastic thing over yeah, it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. She shit on that too. <laughs> <laughs> she had loose bowels. Um, let's see here. This first review comes from uh, Captain Lone Jew, and it's titled <laughs> "I'm Not Lying." That's the name. Uh, it's titled "Worst Review Ever," and it's a five star. And the review goes on to say, "It's good." <laughs> I don't know, man. We've had some bad reviews. That's actually, that's actually, that is good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it too. I mean, it's short, sweet, and to the point, right? Yeah, yeah. That is far from our, if I made a top 50 worst reviews ever, that wouldn't even make the list. I know. It's like sometimes you don't want that long love making session. You're tired. You just worked a full day at the grocery store. You dreamt about sleeping on a fucking bed of toilet paper and you just want a quickie, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, thank you, Captain Lone Jew. A fantastic review. Love him. <laughs> uh, this next one's titled Great Show. It's by Hust73, and it's a five star. I like the length of the show. Helps pass the day. Mm. That always just bugs me out when we get that kind of review. Like, there's no mention of the quality. It's just – I like the fact that you churn out the bullshit so long. What the – hold on. The, okay, hold on. Let me – can I – can I – can I – can I argue that point a little bit? The title – Yeah, I, yeah. Make me feel better. Well, see, the, the first review I read was it's good. And then the title of this one was titled Great Show. So that's quality, right, in comparison? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. 
I think you that's, that's I, a good argument. I think you owe Haas seventy three a little bit of an apology there. Mr. I feel like though he then continues to tell us why it's great, <laughs> okay. and that reason is, is because it's really long and it fills time. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. There, there, there uh, you retracted, and then you then you put it right back into play. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I milled it around. I, I thought about I, it. Yeah, you did. I love the quick turnaround there, Jake. That was <laughs> that was masterful, sir. Hus <laughs> uh, seventy three. You've got my endorsement, Jake. Not so much, but anyway. <clears throat> yeah, not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how you doing over there, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Are you? Did you? Did you? Okay. Did you start drinking a beer? Are you drinking right now? Because we were talking earlier, and you were getting shame for drink. You're in California. You're two hours ahead of us, uh, behind us. Excuse us. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, it sounds like I started two hours earlier. Um, <laughs> but uh, are you drinking a beer? Are you doing the beer? I. I'm enjoying the uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest because that's my favorite beer, and I figured it's fucking like happy hour where you're at. So, yeah. like technically, it's happy hour for me, right? Yeah. I mean, why are you getting shamed for trying to be festive? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not fair. It's not fair. Life's not fair sometimes. Sometimes you give a great review, and Jake says, eh, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, yeah, I love to disagree, and I can't, yeah. I can't fault Brian here. You <laughs> should drink that beer with no shame. Exactly, yeah. Uh, next okay. one, next one comes from Dat Boy Named Toy. I kind of love that name, Jake. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get it straight. It's Dat Boy Named Toy. Yeah, Dat Boy Named Toy. Okay, not Troy. It's not a boy named Troy. No, definitely not a boy named Toy. Not a boy named Sue either, which was a Johnny Cash song. Yeah, written by uh, Shel Silverstein. There you go. Wow, tag team and me and you, buddy. That's why we're a team. Let's just blow each other right now, Jake. <laughs> it is the segment we, we we do that. We do that. You guys <laughs> turn your cameras off. You're gonna do that. <laughs> oh no, no, we're we're, we're posting. No. We post this six times a year, just like your fucking podcast on YouTube. <laughs> um, this is. <laughs> This is titled Most Enjoyable Waste of Time. It's a five-star from Dat Boy Named Toy. This podcast is as sweet as Brian's ex flicking the bean. I was almost tempted to leave a one-star review because I think you guys almost like those more. But this podcast is the best mix of nonsensical BS and incoherent, ra uh, incoherent rambling mixed with a little bit of knowledge. A little bit of knowledge, Jake. It's just, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a little semblance of intelligence within the podcast, a little sliver. Oh man, it's like when you lose a fucking penny in the sandbox. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You gotta fucking sift that fucking thing out. <laughs> I listen to every episode as everyone should, as long as they aren't pussies. Keep up the good work. Totally spelled out the word pussies and iTunes did not even bat an eye. <laughs> Yeah, I think iTunes has been a little bit asleep at the wheel lately on the iTunes reviews. Yeah, they they did like this whole flushing like uh, a couple months ago, and they got rid of 17 of our reviews. Yeah, and then on come the pussy reviews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they're <laughs> they're asleep at the wheel, sleeping on a fucking bed of Charmin. Um, <laughs> always comes back to the Charmin. You know, he says uh, he was tempted to leave a one-star review because he thinks we like those more. I don't like the one-star. When you like the show and you leave a one-star, I hate that. I don't think it's clever. I don't think it's funny. If you truly hate the show and you leave a one-star, 
then I get a kick out of it. I, I don't like the one stars when you're truly a fan. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I do talk about loving the one stars, but I do. I love the one stars that come from like the heart. Yeah, yeah. You made the right choice, that boy named Toy. You made the right choice. <laughs> Good job. Right? Yeah. Good job. Next one comes from Agent DX007, and it's titled Disgusting. Oh, man, this sounds good. You piece of crap. Disgusting. I cannot believe that on the last weekend of August that you would dish, uh, you would wish death upon DJ from The Last Jedi. Disgusting. I haven't listened to you guys in three weeks, and I hear this. I cannot. Disgusting. <laughs> you know, um, I just watched The Last Jedi again last night. I don't think I'd watched it for like a couple of months. Yeah. And because of our DJ conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ was cracking me the fuck up. <laughs> like, I was like giddy laughing. Like, we, I was playing Magic with Michelle and we had it on mm. in the background. And he's doing his stupid fucking stutter shit. Yeah. And for the first time in probably 15 times seeing The Last Jedi, I was laughing. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. I, I, I need to watch it now. I need to watch. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah, I think so. Because there's one point where he talks about like how he's going to transport, and, and he, he just makes up some stutter. He's like, oh, blah, 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 and then we'll get there or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is so stupid. But I was laughing. Like who? It's got to be Benicio del Toro saying, making that decision, right? Or do you think Ryan Johnson went to him and said? <sighs> And said, I want you to, I want you to stutter. I bet it was a collaboration. I don't know. I bet, so they, I bet Benicio they both did, looked at each other. They and both then Ryan looked, Johnson loved it. No, they both looked at each other at the same time and said it. Let's have him stutter, right? And like, yeah. like they, they were just like, they were like, uh, the, uh Will Ferrell and, uh, John C. Riley and Step Brothers, where they just became like best friends when they both like came to the same realization at the same time that the character choice for that character should be that he stutters. Yeah, it's, oof. I, that character, it's one of the weak parts of The Lost Jedi. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's not great, but. I didn't like it's all like, the preaching from from I don't know the preaching in it as far as like I want to see a Star um, Wars movies I don't need to see like preaching about like the one percent and about like animal rights. Oh yeah, you know I'm with you there 100. percent All yeah. the space horror stuff is easily number one of the most nauseating stuff in the last Jedi. Oh movie. god, yeah, um, yeah, but that was a five star from Agent DX 007. If I didn't say that, which I did, oh, nice, and now I did. So. Anytime you can get the word disgusting in a review yeah. and it's a five star, I like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Anyway, that's those are the those are the iTunes reviews. I'm starting to wind down here, Jake. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? <laughs> I'm starting to charge up my fake stuff. See that a little bit of push and pull action. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm three quarters through first Mountain Dew now, so we're getting there. All right. At last week I talked about my plan for food pass, Jake. The movie, oh, like the, the movie pass. Yeah, the movie pass food. clone. Yes, and I, uh, for basically for nine ninety five, you can eat at a different fast food restaurant every day. And I rolled out a. I'm very proud to say that I rolled out a soft launch of the service with a hundred members. And mm. I realized I'm, I'm pretty offended that I'm not a part of this. I had to keep it. I had to keep it. Not, not with friends. I had to, you know, because friends are gonna friends are gonna tell you great things. I didn't know that is you though. It is you. 
It is. I'm saying you've seen the back of my yeah. car. You, I, you know I need this. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> no, and, so I tried it, and I realized probably within like four days that I'm literally I'm going broke. That that the banks are going to be calling soon, and this was a bad idea. So what I did was when when Sunday rolled around, I started to peel back on the amount of restaurants that you could go to, and I think this was a stroke of genius. The only restaurant I let people go to on Sunday was Chick-fil-A. Oh, my God. The, 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 the that, is, that is good. That is good. The emails I was getting. Oh, my gosh. People hate me, Jake. People hate me. I, I was like, you know, in the Bible, that's the day that God took off. So I was like, that's the day that Food Pass is going to take off, too. <laughs> I mean, what's more godly than food, food fast? I know. Isn't Adam now? I just thought, I, hey, I saved a shit ton of money by doing that one move. I thought it was a stroke of brilliance. No. Yeah, you needed that day of relief. Hopefully I know. Hopefully it doesn't just all freeze up come Monday when, like, Whew. it's like Wendy's again. I've I've already – this was like a soft trial. And it was like I've already had half, over half of my members cancel on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, and, and didn't they sign up for free for the, for the soft trial? <laughs> the food? soft trial was free. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh, crazy. All right. I don't know. Should I? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention this. I, I never did it. I never actually did this, but I it was. I think it was months ago. Me and you and Dan West recorded an episode, and I I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw up a fake feed for pop. I'll do it for like a month, and I'll let people like listen to it. And I <laughs> I I took our recording. It was me, you, and Dan West, and the feed was um, called poop culture leftovers and it was <laughs> it was our whole episode but with like farting going on behind it i never that's hilarious did it exist it, it i have it on my computer right now oh but you never made the actual poop i never culture leftovers. i did make it i did make it and i was gonna throw it up and then i just never did anything with it let me see if i can i'll pull it up and see if i can play a little bit of it Oh, oh man, I'm going to laugh really hard at this. I'm too tired for fart jokes. Well, let me pause it and I'll get it ready, okay? <laughs> Hold on. All right, I got it ready to go. I didn't think I was going to actually do this this week and announce this, but here we go. I'm going to play a little bit from that episode. The episode was an hour and 44 minutes that we did with Dan, I, I, and I titled it. <laughs> I'm looking at the title. I've, I did this months ago. Apparently, I titled it Farty and Shardy. I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. I don't know. I, I, I it, this is twenty four minutes and three seconds into the episode. I don't know where I'm going to start this episode, but here is uh, a, a, just a taste of, of 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 poop culture leftovers. Here we go. It's what I do, or blah blah blah. Maybe she's jealous of like the father son relationship that um, you know Beckett and Han have, and she and uh, she she wanted that relationship with with Beckett. I don't know. I mean, these are all things that we'll find out when we see the movie, and I'm just speculating. But I think she does stay with the Empire for for certain reasons, and then rises up in the ranks. Yeah, I hope you're right because I, you know, she's a great actress, and I really for this conversation didn't. Really... Okay, all right, that's enough. That's enough. So yeah, that was. That was uh, the unreleased episode of Poop Culture Leftovers. If I get enough of a response, I'll 
throw the whole thing up with. Oh man, I'm embarrassed at how much that kind of broke me. Oh, Jesus. God, I had some friends over last night and one of them was walking around with some slime in a Play-Doh jar and she every time she put her fingers in it, yeah, she yeah. would make a fart sound and she would walk up behind me constantly fucking doing it all night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It's funny. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why adult men still think farting's funny. Oh my god. I just want to let our new listeners know that Brian was injured recently and had a lot of free time the last that, that is true. I did do it while I was out, man. That, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, I think we are going to move on into Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop. Bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. First thing, I want to talk about some things here real quick. Uh, Jake, I don't want to get into spoilers, but that Sharp Object season finale season slash series finale oh my god yeah it, it was really good i i was really impressed with it but yeah i mean maybe maybe a month or two months from now when it's not just so fresh we can maybe talk a little bit of a, of a spoiler conversation because i'd kind of love to have that conversation with you i, I want to definitely probably rewatch the whole series then just binge it because i think i'll get a different experience too not and it, it'll still be just this is a tupperware this is like the highest of tupperwares it, it's just uh, the, 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 not just Amy Adams. Amy Adams is just fantastic, just amazing. But like the girl that plays her younger sister in this, uh, Eliza, mm-hmm. Eliza, whatever her name is, she is absolutely amazing. I'm thinking like, you know, like what, what else is she going to be in? Because I think this is going to open up a lot of new career opportunities as far as roles and, and different things, maybe even possibly movies. She is just incredible in this whole series. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not the last we've seen of her. And and the mom was yeah. also incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Man, she'd be a pretty damn good Mary Jane in a Spider-Man movie, wouldn't she? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. She's got that fucking, you know, attitude. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Sharp Objects, season finale on HBO. Guys, if you haven't started Sharp Objects, definitely, I mean, it. there is so much payoff in this. It's just incredible. Uh, it's a quick binge too, right? Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Uh, I started Ozark season two. This is the uh, show on Netflix with uh, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. I only have watched the first episode. Um, had a lot of st- had a lot of work going on this week and a lot of stuff going on, but I wanted to start the first season, uh, second season, to kind of get a feel for like where it's going to go, especially with like the events that uh, happened at the uh, season one finale. Do either of you? I know Jake. You're not watching this. I don't think. No, I have not seen any of this. Eric, did you ever watch Ozark, the Jason Bateman show? Yeah, I'm on episode three of season two right now. How are you feeling about the second season so far? Because I, uh, starting off on episode one of season two, I, 
this is just it's phenomenal i I'm, I'm i'm just i i'm so engaged in this show because it actually took me a few episodes in the first season to kind of really get into this especially coming off of breaking bad but man i am all in this is this was a really compelling first episode man oh dude this one's like i like it way better than the first season because the way they play you know that girl that he has hired her dad's in prison yeah yeah they, they play him a little bit better, a lot better. He's involved in it, and they kind of have that FBI agent storyline is kind of running in the background without putting him too much in the forefront. Without mm-hmm. it seemed like they didn't know what to do with him really in the first season. Yeah, but it's fuck, it's it's tense, and it's like you really don't know the direction everything's going to go because now there's like uh, politics are involved with trying for for some stuff that they're trying to get working for a new business and things this season and there's just tension they're focused more i think on the boy than i think last season they focused on his girl a little bit so it's it's a lot better so far than the first season yeah yeah i mean even this just the first episode of season two i'm just like wow this is just incredible and it's like you know breaking bad it took you know breaking bad was always good don't get me wrong but like it took a while for things to start to really kind of like really move and this just went from like even in season one it from it went from like zero to 60 within like you know the first episode it felt like but man yeah season two i can't wait to finish it how many episodes are in this season is it is it eight i think it's ten. Ten. okay so yeah i'm gonna have to get on this one because there's been a lot of stuff coming out and i haven't had a lot of time but i wanted to start it and it is just phenomenal so if you haven't started ozark Go back and watch the first season. It is incredible. Eric, yeah, I'm glad you yeah. watched this show. It's it's really, really good. And it's I think it I'm not watching Better Call Saul. I, it's one of those things where I I enjoyed my experience of binging breaking bad and I'm I don't know. I, I might break down and watch Better Call Saul. Um but uh I think that right now Ozark is kind of filling that breaking bad void for me, you know. So um and then I wanted to talk about, real quick, right before we recorded this episode, I watched Kevin Smith, Silent But Deadly, on Showtime. It's his new kind of like, I don't know if, if, if he considers himself like a comedian, but it's his like talking special, because that's what he does. He talks, but it's, you know, there's comedy involved. And mm-hmm. this was the show um, that he he was doing two shows that night, and uh, this first show they recorded for Showtime. Uh he never did the second show, and the reason is because right after he recorded this show is when he had the heart attack. Oh, wow. Oh, it was the same night, right? Yes, yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, so if you have Showtime, I highly recommend that you watch this. It's great. You know, Kevin Smith, master storyteller, in my opinion, as far as, you know, just listening to him talk, it's funny, and he, and he gets really personal, and I love that about him. He talks about, uh, you know, him and his wife, uh and uh, those are funny stories. Talks about him and his daughter. Also talks about his 103-inch television, which is pretty pretty awesome. He didn't buy it, which, like, he wanted to make sure that he pointed that out to people. But Kevin Smith owns a 103-inch television. So, Jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So um, it's great. It's, 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 it's great, Kevin Smith. And it's kind of uh, surreal to watch this and see how good lively and energetic he is and how much the people are into the performance uh that he's putting on and then 
immediately after this is when he has the heart attack, and it's just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, that's that. wild. So yeah. it's like basically within an hour of whenever he's off the stage here, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, basically, yeah, they probably give him like a half hour to an hour before the next show. And yeah, in between that time, and he he didn't even realize he had a heart attack, and he was upset that uh, Jordan, um, who is uh, Jason Jason Mew's wife, she canceled the next show. He was upset with her, and that they that they called an ambulance out. He was surprised that an ambulance was on its way, and like they they saved his life. I think he said on his podcast that eighty percent of the people that have the type of uh, heart attack that he had die. So he's one of the lucky twenty percent that got to um, got to got to move on from this and, and have a second chance at life. So, wow, yeah, um, yeah. So watch Kevin Smith Silent but Deadly on Showtime. It's fantastic. Uh, if you have Hulu, you can get like a week trial of Showtime. And if you do, I highly recommend that you watch the Kevin Smith special and then also watch uh, Who Is America. Jake, did you start it? I watched the first episode. Yeah, what did you think? Uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, I'd love. Uh, God, I'm Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. We talked about this yeah, earlier. You're gonna you're gonna forget names. You're gonna forget shit. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's great. Um, I've been a big mm. fan of his since <clears throat> his Dolly G show just first popped up on the HBO and yeah. turning it on and checking it out. And this is basically the same thing, right? It's yeah. him assuming a character, trying to kind of you know trick people into either a doing dumb things or be kind of letting you know true feelings they may have out about mm-hmm. themselves or, yeah I, you know i don't know it's 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 a wild show um but man i i'm gonna tupperware it because i'm gonna watch the whole thing and it's yeah. super fascinating yeah. and just i i just cannot believe how anyone would fall for this though. it just kills me every time even back in the dolly g show i thought that but yeah man people are dumb i guess you're turning into a robot, sir. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a pause and hang up the uh, call and come back and get you back so you're not Mr. Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. How about the, how's that sound? Sounds good. All right. All right, yeah, we're back. Uh, yeah, Jake, you got to finish uh, Who is America because, like, uh, the final episode, he plays one of his characters and he's – Talking to OJ Simpson and oh, I saw that on yeah. um, like my Facebook feed. I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. I, it, oh my god, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I heard he declared that the series is over immediately after the final episode aired. He did. He did. He tweeted it out uh, so that it's the final. It's the final season. So you know, it's. I, I think that kind of like. Once he puts that out, like, the jig is kind of up, right? Like, who's going to fall for this again? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's you can't really do it again. It's kind of lightning in a bottle. Yeah, so. yeah. So. Um, well, what did you think of it? Me? Yeah. It's a Tupperware. This, I loved it. I watched I watched every episode. I, I actually watched the first uh, five, like, in a row. Couldn't stop. And then I, you know, and then I watched the sixth and seventh as they aired. So yeah. I oh, gotcha. So you already had most most of it out before you even started watching. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I've got I've got more that I want to talk about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it on uh, to one of you gentlemen, uh, Eric. What do you got? Um. Well, I watched a show on Netflix called Handsome. I think it's called uh, something like Handsome. 
and it's a document. It's a mystery movie for Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's got Jeff Garland. I think he co-wrote, but he directed Annie Stars in it, who is the dad on Goldbergs. He's a writer for uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and stuff. And it's supposed it's labeled as a dark comedy, and I fucking tossed the shit out of this movie. Really? Oh, it was. I didn't see. Have you seen it? No, I love Jeff Garland, and I mean, I watched a movie of his, a very low uh, budget independent film, him and Sarah Silverman, and I think it's like I just, I think it's called I just want someone to eat. I just want somebody to like eat cheese with or something like that. I think that's the title of it. <laughs> um, and he, he wrote that one too. I think so. I think it's all Jeff Garland. It's just it's so is this a documentary you said? No, it's a dark comedy. Dark comedy. A, okay. I thought you said documentary. Oh no. It's like he plays a homicide detective and it's fuck, I think it's rated it's T V M A, so I don't know what it'd be rated for like Netflix. Yeah, but yeah. they don't show like any gore. Yeah, like the murder has to do with like somebody being ripped apart and being laid out like real grotesquely and it's like there's no comedy to be played from it like there's no dark funny or even subtle funny things it's like anything that's done in this movie is subtle and whether you find it funny or not it's just really not funny and like anything that they it's like an inside joke they think is funny and then they just run it to the ground and it i don't know it, it's it was just horrible ah, it's, it's hard to explain that's too bad I love Jeff Garland. Yeah, because I saw him in it, and then what's her name? Natasha Leone from, like, Orange is the New Black. She was on the American Pie movies. Um, She's funny, too, or she can be funny, and she was in it, too, and all her stuff was – it was like it could have been funny, the situations and scenarios that her character was in, but it just didn't play funny either. Wow. And it it sucked. Yeah, the movie I was talking about was called, it's called I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With, and it was in 2006, and it was, you know, oh yeah, uh, Jeff Garland, Sarah Silverman, Bonnie Hunt is in this, Dan Castellanata, you know, from The Simpsons, and also the Tracy Ullman mm-hmm. show is in this. It's directed by Jeff Garland and written by Jeff Garland, so. Huh. Jeff Garland used to have his own podcast, too. Yeah, I think he's got one, a new one now, but I haven't listened, I, I listened to his old one, and it was like. The episode when he had fucking Larry David on his podcast, it was the funniest thing I ever fucking heard. Oh my god, Larry David talked about how he's never taken a picture in his entire life, like used the camera to take a picture. He's I like, believe that. He's like, well, what would I want to take a picture of? What would I? What? Am I, who? Am, what? Am, what am I taking a picture of? You know, it's just so funny. What do I need to see again? Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Oh my god. Guy slays me. So handsome on Netflix. That's too. That's unfortunate. I love Jeff Garland, but yeah, yeah. Huh. So, but uh, other than that, I don't know if you watched it or not. But I also watched the documentary on Netflix, "The Power of Grayskull." Yes, that's one of my good pop, bad pops. So let me give out uh, synopsis and everything. I did watch this. Okay. This is a uh, "The Power of Grayskull: The Definitive History of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe" on Netflix. And uh, that's almost as long a title as that uh, that movie Rebecca suggested a couple weeks ago that they called. It was called uh, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Potato Peel Society. Yeah, I can't even say the whole fucking thing. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. That title is so fucking long. You could slip the ingredients and instructions on how to, like, cook meth in there and no one would actually notice. It's just ridiculously long. 
God. Anyway, this is called The Power of Grace Gold, The Definitive History of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And, um, yeah, what did you think, Eric? Um, well, coming right off of the couple of documentaries that have come out on Netflix, like the, um, the Toys That Made Us, which it was like, I think it was an hour-long episode. Yeah, this is an this hour one, and a half. Yeah, I really liked that one. And this one, for I swear to God, it's like the music or just the way everybody was so energetic. It was like it really got me pumped up for He-Man, just mm. watching it and the way they brought up just little things that weren't brought up in all the other ones. Yeah. And when they were – they talked about like She-Ra even back when she had big boobs and then um, – was it the Master of the Universe TV, the movie, which I thought was horrible, but watching this, yeah. I was like, shit, maybe it's not as horrible because everybody <laughs> loved working on that project oh my God. so much. Frank Langella's passion about his portrayal of Skeletor was just yeah. – like I was like, that's a fucking actor right there. Oh my god, <laughs> that is a fu- if you can take that role seriously and the conditions that these guys worked in seriously. Frank Langella is uh, a fucking treasure, an acting treasure for even <laughs> putting all that energy into that movie. It's it's crazy. Yeah, he should be. He should have been marketing this documentary, and it would have yeah. made mainstream too. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. I loved the documentary. It just, it got me feeling like a kid a lot of times. And then when they brought out even the new release where they talk about the new action figures, mm-hmm. which they didn't really talk about in the toys that made us, it yeah. was, you could see all the energy and the excitement for the people who were like us that were in the toy industry that really pushed to make some of those new things come back to life. It yeah. was, fuck, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, this this basically is going to tell you everything that you kind of like wanted to know about He-Man, the toy that we grew up with. Uh, up with, if you were a, a kid growing up in the '80s, I mean, He-Man was a part of your childhood. And I, I know, like, you know, Eric was talking. You were talking about the toys that made us, but like, we got a little bit more time to like work with this. It's an hour and a half, and I thought it was awesome to kind of see like the origin of you know of He-Man and it, it goes over the people uh that created He-Man to the the different character names that that they gave these different I, I at one time Merman that that guy Paul Cleveland named Merman Seaman and he didn't realize how bad of a name it was Seaman come on <laughs> and they they talked to pretty much everyone who is like still alive that kind of like helped make this possible and, and and they're in the documentary and um when the when the toys were first being shown to like all the different toy stores they they were asking like how they planned on getting the character story out there and on the fly they basically said oh we're going we're going to include comics that that have stories with the figures and i i remember reading those comics when i was a kid and reme- and remembering how wildly different those comics were than the actual cartoon yeah, me too, man. I had like my whole collection like with a rubber band around them. Yeah, I had uh I also had like the the records that came with the books. And even those were the the stories were different. Um but um uh they had they had women working on this show as well. Uh Erica Scheimer, a voice actor and director for filmation directed the entire second season. Um, uh, there, there's one part in the documentary where they explain uh, that young boys would would emulate He-Man, and and they had this scene in one of the cartoons where he was going to lift and like uproot a tree out of the ground and swing it at some enemies, and they were told not to include that in the episode because they thought like boys would start ripping plants up out of the ground. 
Oh, jeez. And, and doing, and, and doing that, like on the playground and stuff like that. And that's why they started to do those silly little, you know, He-Man PSAs at the end of each episode. They didn't even want to do it. They were kind of, they, they were forced to do this by the network. Just to have some value. Yes. So it wasn't just a, a toy selling vehicle right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, th- this goes over everything, He-Man, like from the designing of the toys uh, to creating the cartoon. They had like a gu- like an engineer basically like make the vehicles for them, and those were awesome vehicles. I remember I had like the, the, the battle tracks or whatever it was, the one that you put the batteries in, and it was like a tank, and it would move. Um, I yeah. loved that one. Oh, I love that too. I had the one with like the big like saw like like rotating saw wheel in the middle of it. I think it was like one of the evil hordes. Yeah, vehicles. yeah. I remember that one too. I never had that one, unfortunately. Though I had both. Uh, uh, I had Snake Mountain and I had Castle Grayskull. I never had Eternia though. That was an insane set. Yeah, I had the Snake Mountain and Castle Grayskull. Yeah. We had the Horde Slime Pit too. Oh, that was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah, my mom was never gonna let me have slime in the fucking house. Um, they, Eric, you said it. They talked about Shira and how that was like a hit with both boys and girls. And they, and, and you said that, you know, they did talk about the Dolph Lundgren movie and these guys, the conditions that they worked in, they talked about that set being sometimes 110 degrees, Jake. Huh. And like, you know, anybody could get injured, slip and fall. Like they said, like sometimes like, Dolph Lundgren for his, like, you know, he got trained on how to use that sword and how heavy the sword was. And, like, swinging that sword, like, when the ground is slippery like that. And and and, and basically Frank Langella talks about, like, the final suit that they put him in and the visibility in that suit. He barely had any. And it's just like, my God, it's just I, – I want to go back and watch that movie now, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to check this out. Um, Eric kind of hit the nail on the head for me of why I hadn't watched it. I, it was just so fresh off the toys that made us. I was like, I don't, I don't need this again. But I, I, I've always been fascinated by the movie, and if there's yeah. a lot of stuff about that, I there is. see that. Yeah, it's later on. And then at the very beginning of the documentary, there's a shot of a, of a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe lunchbox. That is, if you see it at the beginning, that is the same lunchbox I had as a child. And it was um, oh I, I had that fucking He-Man lunchbox too. Yeah, it was yeah. my it was my second lunchbox. My first I actually posted this on Facebook, but my first lunchbox was the Popeye lunchbox, and this was my second lunchbox when I got older. It was the He-Man um, metal lunchbox. It was tin or whatever. So I give this I give this documentary a Tupperware. I I, abs- I was thoroughly engaged, and I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, like right off the bat, you know you're getting something that's more than the toys that made us too, Jake. So you're not going to be bored once you start. Like right off the bat, you're going to love it. All right, that's cool. I'll check it out because, man, He-Man, they were definitely my go-to toy from like, you know, 6 to 12. Yeah. Eric, what uh, what He-Man toys did you have growing up? Did you have many? Yeah, I had Castle Grayskull. I had, I think, uh, most of the main guys, He-Man, Man-in-Arms, yeah. um, He-Man with Battle Cat, Tila. But like – I. It's one thing about this documentary that kind of really helped me a lot was like when they're talking about um, how people were getting like bringing when you brought up the ripping the trees out and they yeah. want He-Man to be this one thing because I had to stop watching He-Man as a kid because I grew up and kind of like my mom went through phases of being ultra religious and she thought that He-Man was saying I am the power and she was like oh my god Jesus is the power not He-Man you can't watch it anymore wow so i had she stopped buying He-Man stuff for me i wasn't allowed to get He-Man stuff for like i don't know it probably was a 
it felt like an eternity for me, but it was probably only a couple of months. Yeah. And then I'd sneak watching it, and then she found out that it was I Have the Power, and she was like, oh, okay, you can start watching it again. And by then, I was like, well, I don't want any more toys. I want G.I. Joe's now. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, That's interesting. I had a ton of He-Man, and I, I just I loved the figures. I, I, I loved everything about He-Man. I lo- the the book that came with like the record. I would play that on my Fisher Price record player, and just like look, the art was uh, the Obero art. Was it Obero that they said was doing the art in this? Like he did all that like painterly kind of like artwork that was on the um, on the actual packaging, on the back of the packaging, on the front of the packaging. Well, this guy just. Phenomenal art, very painterly style, and uh, that's what these books were when I was reading as a child. And, like, it would actually go over, like, the lore of, like, He-Man and talk about, like, the Council of Elders and all this stuff. And I was just, like, so, like, engaged in these books. I, I like, held on there every word, and the voice acting was great. I... I fucking loved He-Man as a kid. It, it, it's it's probably like I'd, I'd say like you know in the in the Mount Rushmore of toys growing up, it was it was Transformers, it was He-Man, it was Thundercats and GI Joe. You know, those were like th- that was my fucking Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, that was that's pretty all good mine too. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely watch it. It's called Power of Grayskull, and it just dropped on Netflix this past week. Um, Eric, anything else for us, man? Uh, all the other stuff I've watched, because I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff, is all old stuff. But I did finish Wild Wild Country this week. Nice. And that yes. is phenomenal. Yes. Yes. We talked about this before. This is uh, – yeah. I, I first heard about this. Joe Rogan was talking about it. And um, I was like, okay. Uh, so I kind of like put it on the back burner for a few days and then started to watch it, man. What, I mean, I, I this is – I mean, like, you, you got, like, Making a Murderer on Netflix, and I, I put this right up there with it as far as, like, how how uh, how well done this was. All the footage that they had was just unreal. Yeah. Yeah, and they imagine that it all happened right here. It's, like, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. This fucking cult, man, took over this town in Oregon. Almost took over, <laughs> almost took over the state, it felt like, man. So crazy. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, they uh, that Sheila woman just found loophole after loophole. Time out. Time in. All right, hey, we're back. Had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties there. A little disturbance in the force. Happens. <laughs> it happens. A little bit of yeah, a little bit of a moment there. Um, yeah, but we were, we were talking about Wild Country. If Wild Wild Country, if you haven't seen the documentary, check it out on Netflix. It's uh, pretty incredible. Um, so I wanted to talk about yeah. Is this? Oh yeah, I don't want to skip that. I do not want to skip that. I started. I've only watched the first episode of uh, of it. It's uh, the new Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan uh, on uh, Amazon. That new series. I've. Uh, they've been. If you go to AMC theaters, they do that whole newbie thing at the beginning. They've been like really kind of like pushing this content on us. And it's uh, when CIA analyst Jack Ryan stumbles upon a suspicious series of bank transfers. His search for answers pulls him from the safety of his desk job and catapults him into a deadly game of cat and mouse throughout Europe and the Middle East with a rising terrorist figurehead preparing for a massive attack against the U.S. and her allies. Uh, Carlton Cuse is the showrunner on this one. And I've watched the first episode. And uh, I, I love it. John Krasinski really sells uh this portrayal of jack ryan he he really just kind of like looks like a guy that's like been working a desk job after you know being like 
a member of our military for for quite some time, but now he's just kind of like behind the desk and everything. And and uh, he, like I said, he ends up finding these suspicious these suspicious series of bank transfers, and he's the only one that thinks like I hear like an echo of myself, and it's really bothering me. Hmm, like does I'm someone talking. have an external speaker turned up somewhere? <laughs> We're doing like technical stuff on the podcast. Yeah, yeah Eric, do you have, have one? No? No. Huh. I don't know then. That's usually what causes echoes. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's I feel like, you know, like when you when you hear somebody call into the radio and like the host is like, "Could you turn your radio down?" Could you Yeah. Turn yeah. Your- <laughs> I I didn't hear you having any echo. <laughs> I did. I just the faintest bit of an echo and it's gone now. But anyway, uh I've only watched the first episode, but the but the acting is superb and um man alive, the the I'm not saying that the action sequences in this are like it's not like you're watching Black Hawk Down or anything, but my God, it, for for an Amazon show, like they really didn't spare any expenses on this. This is like you know, like John Hammond in fucking Jurassic Park. They spared no expenses. Like they they really put a lot of production value into this show. I am thoroughly impressed. I t- my dad texted me today and he's like, I've got one episode left, and then he texts me again. He's like, I'm done. My dad loved it. My dad loved this whole series. So, if, yeah, I guess my dad gives it a Tupperware. But I'm also going to give the first episode a Tupperware. It was just enough to really get me into this series. So if you have Amazon, definitely watch Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. I think that John Krasinski is doing something great here. I know that, like, he did A Quiet Place, and he's definitely going to be – people are going to want him to do other films for them. But I hope he can make time and come back and do like the second season of this one in a timely fashion because it's really fucking good so far. Uh, one episode in, I know. But I loved it. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I don't know if you'll know this or not, but it, it's based off the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan. Is it based off of a particular storyline from a book or is I, it just... Yeah, I should have looked into that. I, I don't really know. And uh, that's I, okay. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I should have looked into it more. I should. I on IMDb they have a trivia section which gives you like those kind of details. And uh, just because I watched the first episode, I really didn't dig too deep into this one. Um, yeah, I was just curious if they were doing all like original material or not here. Mm-hmm. Like much yeah. like I mean, because this is almost very comparable to Castle Rock in that way. If yeah. it's just all new material, you know. Yeah. I haven't gotten back to Castle Rock. I hear that the sixth episode, seventh episode are fantastic. I just kind of got burnt out on it. I, I'm, I don't know. It's just, there's just so much other stuff coming out. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. And I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so I, I don't know what. It just doesn't have its, like, hooks in me. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely check out Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon. I am going to continue with this one, and I can't wait to continue with it. Um, I wanted to get back to back to it today, but there's other stuff that I wanted to bring up on the show. And the next thing I wanted to talk about is I started watching uh, Geek and Sundry's Painters Guild through the VRV app, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that is. Uh, here, here's a synopsis. Minister, miniature figures can help a tabletop gaming session come to life, but painting those minis is an acquired skill. Welcome to the Geek and Sundry Painters Guild. Host, Will Friedel. Oh, I've I've heard seen commercials for that. Yeah, is joined by professional guest painters and some of the leading creative minds in the tabletop gaming industry as he fine tunes his skills. And this is a uh, Will Friedel, uh was Eric Matthews on Boy Meets World, the older brother of uh, 
Ben Savage on that show. Uh, he was also okay. he was also the voice we were, he was also the voice of Lion O in the newer Thundercats cartoon that came out in uh, like 2010 or so. So he voiced that uh, Lion O for two seasons when that was on. Um, it's it's Wilfred L and, and a guest, and they and they paint miniatures that are used for role playing games. His uh, first guest was Matthew Mercer from Critical Role. And um, when it when it comes to these miniatures, they, they they talk about the process from beginning to end, like filing down, like just from beginning to end, like filing down the excess plastic knots on the miniatures to to priming the miniatures, and then using a base coat, and then and then finally like detail painting and things like that. Uh, the second uh, guest that he had on showed showed him how to do washes, and that was really incredible washes with paints. Um, it is a fun show to watch. Uh, Will is a beginner and and you can watch him kind of like learn at the same pace as a beginner would and they crack jokes throughout it it's 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 just a fun show to watch if you have a day off and you just want something different to watch something kind of you know uh i don't know you don't really have to you don't really have to like pay attention like with some things that we watch it's 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 just something and it's kind of on and it's 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 very relaxing and fun and his second guest was this master painter, like I told you, that showed him how to do the washes, and this guy's work was incredible. The the la- the, the third guest that he had on was really fun, and uh, some of the detailed work that this guy did on these Infinity figures was just amazing. I couldn't believe it. And the guy has won some contests and things like that with miniatures, and I loved it. I, I When I first started it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get into this or not. And then as I kept going, and as I, I finished like seven or eight episodes now, and as I kept going, I just was like, I really, really, really love this show. It's on its second season. I'm still in the first season. And I, I can't wait to blaze through this, man. It's just, it's a really nice, fun show to watch, like, right before the, you go to bed so you don't have to think too hard. Um, and, uh, Jake, I think, like, like, when we're old and retired, I think we should just, like, me and you should just like get together like one one night a week and like we can we can smoke corn cob pipes and, and paint miniatures on the porch and shit and talk about the old days. Oh man, I've always been fascinated by miniature painting, but man, I suck at it so bad. I know I do. Um, I used to get um White Dwarf magazine all the time when I was a teenager. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and man, that's the reason I got it was yeah. just the amazing paint jobs they would do on the miniatures for yeah. like the Warhammer games and everything. Yeah, just it, always blew me away. It's one of those things where you like you just pick it up and you're just like, man, I could never do that. But I think it's the way they talk about it is 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 like it's it's you're not going to start off and be like the, it's it's like everything else. It's like practice, 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 and you just get better at it. And so yeah, they talk about like like Will he showed <laughs> Will showed his first figure that he painted, and he didn't even paint it. He used like a magic marker on the on this figure, and it looks terrible. And like within the first like three episodes, they keep like going back to that, and you kind of see like him grow as a painter uh, throughout this process. It, it's really cool. Him and his guests both paint the same figure, and then at, they also have like different camera angles that they show. Like they have the will cam, and then like the guest cam, and then at the end they have both figures next to each other side by side, and you can kind of see compare and contrast like what what they did that was uh, that was different. I. I, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I, I, I've i never tried to paint miniatures. You know, I, I took art class and stuff like that, and I, I've done a few artistic things here and there. Um, and this is actually kind of like making me want to just 
pick up some of these figures and, and, and do this as like a side hobby, kind of like a little fun thing. Very, it just seems very relaxing. Like it, almost like some people like do yoga or, you know, meditate and stuff like that. This almost feels like you're, you can turn your brain off and just have fun and be creative. And I, I don't know. It just seems very relaxing and fun. And, and Will is a great host. He's really, I'd say by like the sixth, seventh episode, he's cracking a lot more jokes and having a lot more fun. And it's, it's, it's been a joy to watch this show. It's, uh, on, uh, Geek and Sundry and it's called Painters Guild. And you can watch it, uh, through Geek and Sundry or you can, if you have the VRV app, you can watch it through the VRV app. So. Eric, you sound, you sound like this is yeah. something that you have been wanting to see as well. You've seen the ads for I saw the ads first yeah. on Facebook. They kept pa- popping up on Facebook. Yeah, well, my, my son, over the Christmas break, he bought a bunch of Warhammer figures and stuff like that. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's it's a miniature game. And he had me, I primered all the characters, but we haven't painted them. And I keep seeing this on Facebook. And the, the guy cracks me up the way he's um, he comes across on the on the tutorial videos and they look really helpful. So I was, I've been meaning to watch it. So I downloaded that app while you were talking and I clicked on it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. His second guest was talking about me talking about this means nothing to the people listening, but give it a shot, watch it. it. But when they do these washes, it's really incredible because they're using this paint that's, and you, and you use it with water. So you let the water do the work and move the paint for you in the different cracks. So it gives it, different looks of shadowing and it really works on like characters that are muscular and he and they did it on characters that are um you know like zombies and stuff like that that have dead skin and it really works well and it's just i don't know it's an incredible process uh the third guest that he had on they were using like miniature figures that you actually have to put together using glue and like to put the arms together, you use like a, a paper clip and you use snips and you pop the parts in and glue them and then and then you start to prime and then you start to paint and it's man, it's just it's really kind of fun and engaging and relaxing just to watch these guys and see what they come up with. It's really fun. I really enjoy the show. I'm I'm so glad that there's like, you know, Geek and Sundry is able to to do these shows like like the critical role and and this stuff and kind of like get maybe, you know, you don't want to see these things die off. You want to see more people get into this. And they make it look fun, and it's fucking awesome. So I give it a Tupperware. Nice. Yeah, the Geek and Sundries are a really cool channel. I was kind of poking around at some of their offerings since getting the VRV app last week. And they got some cool stuff, man. There's a cool Magic the Gathering show I really want to check out on there. Yeah. I definitely want to poke around on that uh, on that channel. You should. You definitely should. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I went and saw... Searching. This is the new, uh, the new movie that came out. I, this has been one of my most anticipated movies of this year since I first watched the first trailer. Uh, after David Kim, uh, after David Kim's 16 year old daughter goes missing, a local investigation is opened and a detective is assigned to the case. But 37 hours later and without a single lead, David decides to search the one place no one has looked yet where all the secrets are kept today, his daughter's laptop. In a hypermodern thriller told via the technology devices we use every day to communicate, David must trace his daughter's digital footprints before she disappears forever. Uh, it's directed by Anish Shagani, uh, who before this only really did short films. There was one called Adventure, uh, about a, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's called Adventure Wisconsin. It's about this, uh, small town boy, Scout Cooper, 
finds a fortune-telling soda bottle and is thrust into a global adventure spanning three continents. And that came back. That came out in 2012. Um, and uh, this movie stars John Cho. You'll know him as uh, you know, Harold from the Harold and Kumar movies. He's also Sulu in the new Star Trek films. And um, Michelle La, and then it plays his daughter. And Deborah Messing from Will and Grace is also in this. Right off the bat, this is a Tupperware. I'm also going to say this is one of the best movies I've seen all year. It, it, it is wow. literally one of the best mm. movies and most inventive and innovative movies I've ever seen. It all takes place on a laptop. The entire movie takes place on a laptop. You were looking at a laptop screen, this entire movie. Everything takes place through technology, from the phone calls, everything, uh, hidden cameras, um, text messaging, I, like iMessaging and things like that. I, I can't say too much about this I, because I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I was engaged the entire movie. This movie's a little bit over, I think it's an hour and 42 minutes. And I was blown away by the performance of John Cho. Uh, the directing in this is amazing. I know that they've, I know that they're playing, I think this studio really sees like, what a cool way to tell a story this is on the laptop screen. I think they are kind of getting carried away. I've heard that they have plans for 14 movies that are going to be kind of like, that are going to be done this way. So I'm sure that they're going to hit every kind of movie possible, every type of, every type of genre from like horror to even like, you know, romantic comedies. Like, you know, like back in the day you had, uh, you've got mail with, Meg Ryan and I think they'll update that with like a whole like relationship that's formed through they might even do like a catfish type movie um you know horror would be an easy one I know that they did that one recently uh that was a horror movie where people started to die is like you can watch them die on like their laptop but unfriended or whatever unfriended. it was unfriended yeah I haven't seen it. I heard it's actually pretty yeah. good this is I heard the second one was good oh I didn't know there was two um Searching though, this is, I, I'm not going to say too much about it, but it is absolutely incredible. And John Cho is amazing in this movie. Deborah Messing's good, but this movie is just a Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware all the way. See this one in the, th- I had to drive, it's, it's, it was limited release the first week and then they expanded the release, but I still had to drive 45 minutes away to see this one. But it was worth oh, it. Wow. And I'm glad that I drove as far as I did because I found out that Champagne has a Dolby Atmos theater now. And I can't wait to watch a movie in Dolby Atmos because, like, I've only been to one Dolby Atmos theater and it was fucking incredible. So, yeah, Searching with John Cho. This is – you got to watch this one. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. This is just – this is this is one of the best movies I've seen all year. All year. This is so good. Wow, how how long was this? Was it a, was it a very long movie? No, it, this I, way? no, it was an hour and forty two minutes. Yeah, yeah, hmm. okay, yeah, that sounds really good. I like it when they do like these clever little little tricks like this, you know. Yeah, Jake, it, it doesn't it doesn't get old because they keep introducing like different types of technology to use this. Like you're, you're going from you're, like one minute they're talking about funds being transferred out of Venmo, so you're looking at a Venmo screen. The next minute you're going to like one of these like uh, live 
ch- uh, chats where people are doing these live chats and people can leave mm. comments as people are doing live chats. Then you're go- then you're watching like iMessaging, you know, back and forth and seeing responses. Then they're doing like FaceTime messages. Then you're actually going to like, you know, watching videos on, uh, you know, like a YouTube type thing. I mean, it's all over the place. Then they're looking at home videos of his daughter, you know, and and it's all over. These are all things that we can relate to because this is technology that we all use. So it's, it's, it's incredible of how like they've weaved all these different technologies that we use today that we can relate with and they've weaved it into like this mystery. It is, this is some of the most innovative fucking filmmaking I have ever seen. And it's, it's, it's very relevant to like what we're doing in the world today with our technology. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware. I can't say enough about it. I can't say more about it because I don't want to spoil it because like this does have an incredible, the way this plays out, it's it's an incredible mystery, and you can't really get into that without spoiling. And, and I don't want to do that. So, it's interesting what you say about the fourteen other projects coming out like this. So you probably should definitely go see this if it's yeah. as good as you say before the whole thing just gets well, yeah, know, ruined that, well, by them overdoing it. What happened with found footage films, Jake? You know, like we started yeah. off. You know, like they started off. I, I, it probably wasn't the first found footage film, but let's just say Blair Witch back in the late 90s, 99, right? And then, like, everything after that was fucking found footage, you know? Like, they mm-hmm. tried to find interesting ways to do found footage. They did it with Chronicle, which was, like, a superhero origin found footage, Josh Trank film, and that was cool. But, like, most of the time, the, the found footage stuff, you know, uh, yeah, we can say, like, uh, Cloverfield was good. <laughs> You know, but yeah, yeah, that's very hit and miss. It's hit and miss. I know me and yeah. you loved it, but it wasn't like universally praised. No, but like for like this could have killed this this new type of filmmaking. Like if Searching came out and it was just utter trash, this I think there's going to be a lot of copycats. Like yeah, like you watch Die Hard, made in '88, 30 years ago, <laughs> and then every it other still act- gets copycats. Exactly. That's and so I think like Searching. I mean, this is for the first of its kind for it to be successful. Of course, they're going to want to ride the coattails of this, and like, there's 14 other films that they that this studio has planned in development that are going to use this kind of like, I guess, this style of of, of, of storytelling. It's fucking awesome, Jake, Eric. You got to watch this movie. It's great. I I don't know if you guys can like make it out to the theater because like it's it's very limited right now. It feels like, especially right here in the Midwest. But it, if you have a theater within you know a certain radius of you and you can see Searching, yeah, definitely watch it. This is this is cool. This is a really good movie. Yeah, I almost went and saw this because, but the trailer just didn't sell me because it kind of, it didn't look very good just from the trailer. Even though he obviously was doing a really good job acting in it, yeah. and I just, man, if that trailer would have actually sold me, I would have gone because I've seen. Now you're talking about it and had a couple other people tell me it was great. I'm probably going to see it next week now. Good. Yeah, I was actually I I, I was kind of like blown away by the by the trailer <laughs> personally. I. I mean, different strokes for different folks, but like it worked for yeah. me. And John Cho, man, like I think a lot of this movie kind of like it hinges on like on him, on his character, and 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 how he reacts to everything going on because that's you're doing it all on a computer screen. So it's and it's, and some of it you're just listening to phone calls too. So it's like he really sells it he's a he's panicked and 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 um and he just he just sells this fucking movie he's so good so yeah, i highly recommend this one yeah it sounds wild sounds good um yeah shit how many what, how much jeez i got two more things left jake what what do you got 
Um, I wanted to talk about on the VRV app, I was checking out that whole new Nickelodeon streaming service. Um, I think it's pretty neat, but as an entire service, like I don't think you can get it separate from the VRV app. And honestly, if you could, I don't think it's worth it. it it's very limited. It's a nickel. It's called Nick Splat. It's yeah. part of the VRV, and it, it offers a bunch of the older Nickelodeon, Nicktoon stuff that used to be on. But it seems very limited. And I, I googled all over the place trying to find more information if they're going to be rotating stuff in and out. But I really couldn't find any information on it at all. Um, there's some neat stuff on there, though. I watched a few older episodes of like some of the older game shows, like The Legends of the Hidden Temple. I watched a Nick Arcade that was pretty hilarious. And Legends dated. of the Hidden the, Temple. Was that the one where, like, the kids were in the video game? No, that was Nick Arcade. That was Nick Arcade. Okay. Yeah, and it's hilarious because they're, like, in the virtual video game, and you can tell every episode no one knows what the fuck they're actually doing. Hmm. <laughs> so it, no one ever wins the BMX bike. Everyone's yeah. super confused. It, pretty hilarious. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping to watch some old, like, you can't do that on television. Oh yeah, and like some of the some of the stuff like that on there, and there, yeah. there didn't seem to be anything like quite that old. Watch some so old, you, watch some old Alanis Morissette. You can't do that on television episodes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Hey Dude is on there, oh, yeah. and uh, Salute Your Shorts, and it seems like every you know, there's only one season of Hey Dude. I feel like I in, in my childhood I watched like 80 episodes of Hey. No Dude. shit, Hey Dude was that the camp one? No, that was Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, Hey Dude was like the Western, the Western one. And that had ranch. Ben Stiller's wife is on that show, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, apparently I just watched the same episodes over and over and over again because there's like 14 episodes total or some shit like that. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, things just seem so much bigger when you're a kid. I remember, I mean, Batman the Animated Series was that way for me too. Yeah. You know, you just watch the same damn episodes over and over and over and over. That's true. Kids like to watch the same things over and over again. They like what they like, you know? Yeah, that's why kids yeah. watch the same video like a hundred times. Yeah, exactly. I'm still that way sometimes with things. Me too. I just watched Predator again this week. I've seen Predator. I couldn't even tell you how many times. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. You got, you got your comfort shows, man. Mm-hmm. Nick Splat. Yeah, I, I saw Nick that. Splat, yeah. I but, saw that being advertised, and I, I don't know. I, I would probably just for nostalgia, like, watch one episode of Hey Dude and, like, call it a day, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to tell our listeners, because they've had a pretty vicious advertising campaign for it on all the social media stuff, so I was interested. Don't buy VRV just for the Nick Splat. Yeah. If you're interested in, like, the stuff Brian was talking about, you know, the Geek and Sundry or maybe some of the anime channels, then yeah. go for it. Check out Nick Splat. But don't I mean, don't be fooled by all this advertising going on. If don't you, expect it, like yeah. this Nick Splat to change your streaming life. It's not worth it. There's some really good VRV exclusives, too. If, if you're a fan of like um, what was the show Adventure Time, they have a spinoff, not a spinoff, but it's from the same people. And it's a little bit more adult humor. It's called Bravest Warriors, which was like five Five minute shorts or something like that. Seven minutes max episodes. And like they also had a comic book too, which I used to pick up. But Bravest Warriors is actually pretty fun. Uh, Last Man is a VRV exclusive and that's based on a, it's a French comic book, but they turned it into like a, uh, anime style type, uh, type show. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think the VRV app is a, a fantastic deal, Jake. It, what's the price? Yeah, is it, it is. It's still it's $5.99. Like $9.99 a month. Oh, yeah. $9.99. Okay. 
nine ninety nine, and it, like at first, both me and you kind of thought they were like truncated versions of some of the channels. But it, I mean, it, it was it was when it first came out, Jake. It was uh, uh, when they when VRV first came out. It was five ninety nine, and it was like a sampling from like you got a sampling of Shutter. Uh, which is the horror channel. You got a sampling of Funimation, a, a sampling of Geek and Sundry, a, a, a sampling of Crunchyroll, all these different kind of like, uh, you know, streaming apps. And now it seems like you have pretty much access to everything. Yeah, it's the legit deal now because definitely for both Funimation and Crunchyroll, which I was already subscribed to, I kind of went back and forth. And yeah. it's it's a different menu layout, but everything is there. That's incredible. And that's not, not, that's not just like a one month introductory. It's not going to just go away and then you have to. Cause like it used to be that you could link your Funimation account with the VRV app and then you would be able to watch all the content. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not like that at all anymore. Wow. And it's the entire first month free too. That's awesome. Yeah. VRV. So yeah, definitely. What a fucking deal, man. It's a great fucking deal. Yeah, and I also watched the, uh, I figured you were going to talk about it, the new Jim Carrey Showtime show. Mm. Let's talk about that. Yeah, this is the new half-hour series starring uh, Jim Carrey. Um, Showtime, uh, it's uh, called Kidding. Showtime dropped this one week early online. Um, it'll air on Showtime on September 9th, but they, they dropped it early, and you can watch the first episode for free on Showtime's official site, uh, Showtime's Facebook page, and then also on YouTube. And uh, it's about Jeff, uh, also known as Mr. Pickles, is an icon of children's television, a beacon of kindness and wisdom to America's impressionable young minds and the parents who grew up with him, who also anchors a multi-million dollar branding empire. But when this beloved personality's family, wife, two sons, sister, and father begins to implode, Jeff finds no fairy tale or fable or puppet will guide him through the crisis which advances faster than his means to cope the result of a kind man in a cruel world faces a slow leak of sanity as hilarious as it is heartbreaking uh it's created by dave holstein who's best known as a writer and producer on hbo's weeds uh and like i said this stars jim carrey and hey jake do you remember when jim carrey was was uh james carrey when he when he was first on in living color yeah, that's way back when. That's way back in the day. Um, Jim Carrey is also an executive producer on the show. So is Michael Gondry and Jason Bateman. Um, yeah, Gondry directed the first episode. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, this also stars Frank Langella, who we talked about earlier, played Skeletor in the Masters. I was, la- I was laughing about that <laughs> yeah. when we were talking about him. Yeah, he played Skeletor. Uh, he's He plays uh, Jeff's executive producer in this. It also stars Catherine Keener, uh, who plays the show's puppet maker, and Judy Greer plays his ex-wife. It also had uh, Justin Kirk, Tara Lipinski, Betty Thomas, Ginger Gonzaga, Danny Trejo, and uh, Conan O'Brien also star in this, not in every episode, but just like in this first episode. So, uh, Jake, what did you think about kidding? Man, I absolutely, I absolutely loved this. This was a Tupperware for me. Um, I thought it was filmed gorgeously. Um, it's, man, I, I can't even think of the last thing Jim Carrey did that I enjoyed more than this. I mean, maybe the other thing he did with Gondry, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time since 
Carrie's really done anything worth the shit, in my opinion. Right. So I kind of had very low expectations going into this, and I was pretty blown away, man. I really loved it. Um, I'm definitely going to watch this week to week. I'm excited to kind of see the possible very likely meltdown that mm. this character is going to go through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just the way it was shot to go back to that, I thought was really genius. Um, Godry kind of did a thing I noticed where everything was kind of low angles, right? So like every time you were looking at pickles, the main character, it was kind of shot from that, like below his knee, low angle, yeah. like to give him that kind of like father, false sense of fatherly figure to you. And then later on in the episode, when things kind of break down, the angles start to get higher and everything to kind of like humanize them a bit. And I thought there was a lot of really cool stylistic choices in the direction that I didn't expect from what I thought was just going to be a silly Jim Carrey Showtime show. I thought this had a lot of smart stuff going for it and was really good. Highest yeah. of Tupperwares. Yeah. I, I'm sure some people are going to watch this and, 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 and be really upset because Jim Carrey like isn't running around acting like a fucking clown the whole time, you know? Because that's what they're used to saying, you know? It's yeah, that's just, a great point. That's a great point. And some people are going to be upset by that. But, I mean, I – man, I the, the concept of this is an absolute Tupperware. Uh, when it started off, I was giving it a high taste. It, and it's up until, like, the, I'd say, like, the last 10 minutes is, like, when this show really sold me. And um, it, it's, his character is basically, like, if you take, like, Mr. Rogers or, like, one of those guys from the Wiggles and, like – who have like the like like what you see on the screen and what you believe those people are and if you just like if you give them like the the tribulations of like Job from the Bible and you just throw everything all at them at once it's like these they start to he starts to question his sanity and yeah. <laughs> this made me wonder what like Steve from Blues Clues life was like afterwards too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, and and it's cool to see like Carrie playing this role because like you know, for 20 plus years he's been the guy that's like made people laugh and 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 you know, he's had ups and downs in his career and and I kind I kind of see like a little bit of that in this too, you know. And where it's probably worn on him over the years of like, I've made people happy and then I did some stuff. I did that horror movie that people, like the number 23 or whatever it was called. And, you know, people shat on that. People shat on a bunch of other stuff that he's done and how it's affected him. And, and, um, this character is just, there is nothing like this on fucking TV, Jake. There's nothing like this. I don't, we can't even relate to a character like this. We just have to watch this character and kind of like try to understand the character. Cause like, how many children's entertainers out there that we can really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's a child's entertainer. He's a children's entertainer. And so you're watching kind of like this guy kind of like implode. And he, basically what happens is like, he had two twin boys. And he lost one in a car wreck. And his other twin son now has no respect for him, um, is a troublemaker, and he has a foul mouth, and he's funny, though. I, I fucking died when he talked about how he was dressed like a... Uh, 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 he, he was dressed like the bus driver that told Rosa Parks to sit in the back. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, look at his outfit. He does look like a bus driver from the fucking 50s. Or, you know, I was just like, oh, my God, this kid's fucking hilarious and has great comedic timing. Um, 
Jim Carrey uh, character Jeff is not with his ex. Uh, he's not with his wife anymore. Like ever since like the the the, the child died, it affected it affected their marriage, and it, it feels like it feels like Jeff hasn't had a chance to like grieve over his dead son, like because he's this famous child's entertainer, and he's got to separate Jeff from Mr. Pickles. So Mr. Pickles has to go on. The show can't take a break from. Mr. Pickles just like the show has to go on. He has to, so he has he hasn't been able to really process the death of his son, and his family's gone out of control. He's lost his wife. His his son is you know uh, hanging out with probably people he shouldn't be hanging out with, and I don't know this. There there is nothing like this on TV, Jake. And yeah, Catherine Keener is great in this. Like just like her little like that story, that little weird storyline with her and her daughter. And her daughter won't eat vegetables, so Catherine says, "If you don't eat your vegetables, you can't t- take a shower." <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the guy that Catherine Keener's seen is, is keeping his own little secret. You know, yeah. There's a lot going on. This there's is, a lot. This going is a on. really smart show, and yeah, like they, like you were saying, they do such a great job of making Jim Carrey's Pickles character, yeah. like sympathetic. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, obviously he's not a perfect character and, you know, he has his flaws, but man, you can't help but feel sorry for what this guy's we're been not, through. We're not seeing everything though, Jake. Remember the scene with the, with the, uh, uh, the mailbox? Like there was a moment where he blacked out, right? He went, he went full fucking ham on that mailbox, right? Yeah, he definitely destroyed that mailbox. So we know he has like the rage inside of him. Yeah. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, this is a Tupperware. Um, yeah, this is a Tupperware from Showtime. I think it was wise of Showtime to drop this a week early, get people excited for it. I think it was wise for them to offer it for free. Um, and, uh, if you have Hulu, you can add Showtime onto your subscription, I think for like $7.99 a month. So. <laughs> Yeah, Showtime's got a really good deal all over right now. You can even get them independently from Hulu, from just like the Showtime streaming. Mm-hmm. They'll give you a week for free, and for the first three months, it's four ninety nine until it becomes seven ninety nine. Oh, nice! That's awesome. It's the summer of savings from Showtime. <laughs> what is that? What they're called? They sound like a fucking car dealership, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know all this because this is how I watch the show, and this is America, so I like. Yeah, I got in on the summer of savings, man. Oh, Jake, look at you. You're fucking, you're like, uh, you're like one of those, uh, those master couponers. What do they call those people? Those, oh those... gosh. I used to love that TV show. What a crazy. Where they have like the contest. Yeah. So you could like save the most money couponing. Like, he's, uh, like a, a fleet of minivans go home with like a whole like van full of like toilet paper and detergent. Cause they, they, and they didn't pay a dime for it. They just used coupons. Oh yeah, well, you'd see their storage sellers, and it would be the craziest fucking. Oh shit yeah. You'd ever see. Oh, they would show them off like it was MTV Cribs. Like each one of these like women, you know yeah. what I mean? And they were like, check out my fucking garage, and it's like, oh my gosh, I've got olive oil for fucking days. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got eight thousand Welch's fruit snacks. <laughs> I've got a bed made of Charmin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Eric, do you have any interest in checking this out, or does it sound a little too dark for you? No, I do. I don't have Showtime because I've got HBO, but it's only 7 bucks through Hulu, and I've got Hulu, so I yeah. should pick it up because they do a lot of really good original programming, too. And, I used yeah. to watch that. What was that Don Cheadle, uh, Kristen Bell show they had Shameless? on there for a while? It was really good. Shameless, right? Oh, no. That's oh Don Cheadle. I was thinking of William H Macy for some reason. I get those two confused all the time. They look so similar. What I the know. fuck is they're, wrong? They're with real. Me? 
No, uh, Kristen Stewart, Don Chadle. I don't know. Um, yeah, they were they were like uh, a management firm. They'd go into different places mm-hmm. and like restructure businesses and basically shut shut down like a huge number of the employees departments and things oh, like wow. that. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was a really good show. It was a dark comedy. Okay. And it was good. Yeah. Like, they do a lot of good programming. I saw it on um, advertisements for it, but I just didn't watch it because I don't have showtime. Yeah, you can watch the first episode for free, though, online. So, I mean, just uh, fire up your iPad and watch it on the showtime uh, site. Or I even posted the first episode on our uh, Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, just a half an hour, too. Yeah, yeah, half an hour, which is perfect. So, oh, that is good. Yeah, Jake, I'm glad you watched that, man. I, I when I saw that it dropped early, I had to tell you, and I didn't, I didn't know if you'd get a chance to see it or not. But I'm glad you watched it. I, I'm also going to give it a Tupperware. There, there's nothing like this on TV, Jake. And like, um, you know, I feel like I'm so happy to see Jim Carrey doing something I think that's notable again. And I'm also excited for the second season of Barry with uh, Bill Hader. I think like that's another great show that I think people need to be watching. It's on HBO, so. Oh, man, I really need to catch up on that one. Oh, it's so good. Such a great show. Uh, w- today I went, um, just because I've been talking shit about it, doesn't mean that I'm not going to go see it. I actually went and saw the Happy Time Murders today. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. it's a. Uh, this couldn't have gone well. Uh, this is the new uh, puppet movie that came out, the R-rated raunchy puppet movie, a murder mystery set in a world where humans and puppets coexist. But puppets are viewed as second-class citizens. When the puppets cast of a 90s children's TV show begin to get murdered one by one, a former cop who has since become a private eye takes on the case. This is directed by Brian Henson. Uh, it stars Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks, Maya Rudolph, and Joel McHale. Um, Jake, how do I explain this movie? Um, you know those times when you're like on a long road trip and maybe it's at night and you've just got like a stretch. You know those nights when you're just driving and you got cornfields on either side. We're here in Illinois. And you got cornfields on either side and you're just kind of like zoned out, right? Yeah, I know exactly. I was just there last week. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, it's like, it's like 30 minutes later and you're like, wow, man, I, I, I've been driving this whole time. Wow. You know, like you, like you, you've lost track of time. It feels like, it feels like you blacked out for a moment and then you realize that you've been driving. You've just been like on autopilot. You, 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 I guess you just haven't really been paying too much attention, but you really, you like realize that you're driving. That's what this movie's like. Like things are just happening. And I'm not reacting, and then I'm like, "Whoa, I, I'm in a movie." It's 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 so it's just it's not engaging or fun. I think I laughed two times in this movie. I was I was upset with myself that it made me laugh. I was so mad. <laughs> it this, got to the point where you were like steeled against yeah, it. Yeah, huh? it's just it's just this is uh, this is just like the jokes are just low hanging fucking. You know, if you're, I don't know, this is, it's not my kind of comedy. It's just so stupid. I had like a couple of 20 year olds sitting in front of me and like this one kid's just laughing at every stupid fucking thing. And it's like, man, I, I, you know, I just wanted to go over there and like wipe the drool off his chin. Just ridiculous that, I don't know, this movie's just terrible. Um, and when you read the description, like it actually sounds like, like the actual like world building description sounds better than the actual movie itself. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of the puppets being treated yeah. like lesser people and yeah. everything. And yeah, it's it's not good. I, the best part of this movie was at the end when they 
kind of showed you like the behind the scenes and like the making of the movie and like how talented uh, these puppeteers are. And, um, you know, it was really cool to see like, you know, the people on the production wearing green screen suits and then like, moving these puppets around so it looks like they're actually walking. Uh, that was pretty incredible. I could actually just watch like a half hour documentary of like how this movie was made and probably get more enjoyment out of that than watching the actual film itself. I really don't have a lot to say about this movie. It's a toss it. I will never watch it again. It's an easy enough story to follow. It just like, I don't know. There was just nothing really fun or satisfying about this movie. Melissa McCarthy, there was a lot to be desired there. Um, I mean, what's worse, this or sausage party? Sausage party. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There we go. We said something nice about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would watch this before I would watch Sausage Party again. That's the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask the same thing because I only got like twenty minutes into Sausage Party and turned it off. Sausage Party was like just an assault on like your intelligence. It was an assault on on comedy. Like this is just. Like I didn't like I didn't like walk out like oh my god that was terrible I didn't expect anything really great going into it so it didn't really let me down I just kind of like I watched it out of curiosity and because I'm part of AMC's A list and it just was another movie to fill my day and what am I gonna watch I've pretty much watched everything else what am I gonna watch am I gonna watch Mamma Mia or Slender Man which are being like <laughs> you know what I mean they're being just trashed. So it's like I'm ready. I'm going to watch I think the next movies that I'm looking for. I'm probably going to go. Have you guys seen the trailer for Hellfest? I have not. No. It's this uh, it's it's a uh it's a, a a haunted house type of like event where like people walk through and you got the haunted house, you got the people scaring you and stuff. Well, the people inside it are actual killers. So like you go in there and you think like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get scared, but like there's actually people in there that are actually killing people. Yeah, that's Jesus. interesting. Have you seen so I the- should avoid Hollywood horror nights at Scott Shooty's house. <laughs> there you go. Have you seen uh have you seen um uh the trailer for Assassination Nation? <laughs> no, but I love that name. Oh my god, watch the trailer for this. Watch the trailer for Assassination Nation. It just, I was blown the fuck away. And then I, I also can't wait to see, yeah, so Hellfest, Assassination Nation, and I can't wait for, uh, the bad times at the, uh, El, uh, El Royale. I can't wait. For oh that. yeah, that looks great. The mm. Drew Goddard film. Yeah. I cannot wait for that movie. It looks so amazing. That's all I got. That's all I got for Good Pop, Bad Pop. I'm done. Yeah, there you go. I'm watching the trailer for Assassination Nation. All right, let's take a quick break. And we'll be back with news. Uh, before we jump into everything, number one, I want to say, Eric, I'm so happy to have you on an episode finally. 
Oh, thanks. I'm, I appreciate I appreciate the flowers you sent to me, too. I know. I know. I'm just trying to get you into bed, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> baby, baby steps. Baby steps. We're getting there. Um, let's see here. And also, I want to thank a listener, uh, Stephen Redgrave. I want to thank you so much. Um, Steven, I had the GoFundMe and everything. Everybody was helping me out, which was incredible. Steven loves it, uh, loves my cats. And so Steven sent me 68 pounds of kitty litter, cat treats, not 68 pounds of cat treats, but 68 <laughs> pounds of kitty litter. Uh, also sent me cat treats, uh, and cat food, uh, for my cats. And, uh, so, uh, I want to thank you so much. That was so incredibly generous of you. And I got it in the mail a couple days ago. And, uh, both my cats, uh, Hee Hee and Cake are very thankful as well. So, like, I opened up the boxes near them and they're sniffing around. And, uh, I get, I definitely, uh, cracked open the, the temptations. They love temptations. One of their favorite treats. And so they thank you as well. So thank you so much, Stephen. That was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That is cool. Yes, and I also want to thank this mudslide for being by my side this entire episode. I need it. I need that fuel. I need that extra fuel this episode, Jake. Oh, yeah, you, you're telling me. You know, sometimes, not. you know, the prospect of possibly fucking Eric Marable uh, isn't as ex- – it's not, it's not exciting enough to keep me energized, so I need this mudslide. <laughs> kind of weighing down that. from that. Uh, one at a time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just said it wasn't the first time I've heard that. <laughs> oh man, I just want to get Eric Marable on a bed of Charmin and go to town. I'm telling you, <laughs> three ply. Uh, Ooh. Wow, Menashe ply. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Last week we talked about, uh, quick news. Uh, we talked about Top Gun 2 last week. And the bad news for fans who were ready to see this next year on its original release date of July 12, 2019. You're not gonna get it. It's being pushed back almost a full year. The new release date, according to Deadline, is June 26th of 2020. Boo. Wow! Yeah, yeah, boo! Man, the way the the way the news has been coming out for this, it made me feel like it was going to be out like freaking in November. <laughs> I know this is, I don't know, man. What's going on? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is that is that who 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 did Paramount? Is it Paramount doing Top Gun Two? Is it Paramount that did it? I don't remember what studio. Mm, I wonder. If, yeah. I wonder I if they're just. Either. I wonder if they're wanting that for like the next next fiscal year or something. I don't know. Uh, like a light on material in 2020, a franchise material, and just trying to fluff it up. Yeah. That makes sense. It's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know. And then also coming out uh, in 2020 per the wrap, uh, A Quiet Place 2 will hit theaters on May 15th, 2020. No details about the plot were available at the time of the announcement. And uh, the only thing that's been confirmed so far is that John Krasinski is involved in some capacity. Uh, he stated in the past that a sequel could focus on other survivors in this world. So we are getting a uh, Quiet Place 2 sequel, Jake. It is happening. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I can't wait to see what's up with that. Um, 
I hope he's able to return like and direct again, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. He might want to move on and do something else. Uh, he might just be a producer on the next one. Um, and we know he's doing the Jack Ryan stuff too. So let's, let's fingers crossed that he comes back. So he's going to be involved in some capacity, whether it's producer or whatever. So, um, we've known about this big trouble in Little China reboot, re, uh, remake, whatever it is for some while now. Um, I love The Rock, but I hated the idea of a big trouble in Little China with The Rock. Um, so this past week, Collider spoke with Hiram Garcia, president of production at Seven Bucks Productions and one of the producers on Big Trouble in Little China. And we got some answers to what this movie really is and what to expect. Here's his quote. There's a lot of things going on with Big Trouble in Little China. We are in the process of developing that. And let me tell you, the idea is not to actually remake Big Trouble in Little China. You can't remake a classic like that. So what we're planning to do is we're going to continue the story. We're going to continue the universe of Big Trouble in Little China. Everything that happened in the original exists and is standalone, and I think there's only one person that could ever play Jack Burton. So Dwayne would never try and play that character. So we are just having a lot of fun. We're actually in a really great space with the story that we've cracked, but yeah, no remake. It is a continuation, and we are deep into development on that as well. And I think you'll start hearing some things about that probably soon. So what are you thinking with this news now? We all kind of assumed that The Rock would be playing the role of Jack Burton. That is not the case. And uh, I don't know, man. I, the, 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 John Carpenter recently came out within the past three, four years of a continuation story of Big Trouble in Little China in the comic books. It, it picks up right with Jack Burton uh, right after that movie, and he kind of goes like on a road trip and uh, with that little, uh, I don't know, orangutan demon-looking thing <laughs> who actually becomes like his friend and wears a trucker cap and, and all this stuff, and they and they fight like different demons and stuff like that. Uh I, and it was a great comic book, and now they have like Old Man Jack, which is a comic book, and it's like Jack is an old man and his adventures and stuff like that, kind of like what we got with like the Evil Dead stuff where we're following Old Ash on that star show. But uh, what, is, what does this mean to you, Jake? Uh, I mean, I like it. I got to imagine like the diehard fans of the original movie are happy with this news, right? I, I don't think anyone was too happy about um the rock trying to be Jack Burton. Yeah. So I, I got to imagine that this is calming news to a lot of people and the way they first reacted when they heard this movie was going to be made. Eric, what are you thinking, man? I really like it. Cause uh, he's no Jack Burton, but he has the same kind of charisma that Kurt Russell has. So putting him somewhere in this world, it, it's natural and it sounds cool. That it's not going to be a remake. So, uh, are they going to do a lot of the same things here? that they did in the original is he gonna have kind of like a uh, martial arts partner join him on this adventure could we get could we see somebody like them could we see them like hire tony ja or eco Uwe's or you know i know he's indonesian but could like could we get like another actor in here to kind of like be his like martial arts partner huh I'd like to see someone like a Jackie Chan who's a little goofy yeah, and yeah. just does weird kind of stuff because he's pretty 
he's pretty much physical himself. Yeah, but how so, can Jackie Chan uh, at his age perform at this level? Not not necessarily doing a, a lot of the like the kung fu and maybe stuff he could that be like the, with the wires, but like, like the, maybe like, could he be the egg shin? Shit. Yeah, I could see that. that. You know, the awesome. guy giving him the potions in the in the elevator and like you know that yeah. that kind of that kind of role. I, I mean, I, he's not going to be Egg Shin. I don't want him to be Egg Shin, and that actor has passed away. But like, he could be someone like that. Maybe maybe a close relative or something. You know. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I'm, I'm just kind of, yeah. kind of like a goofier is all I was thinking. Not necessarily a serious martial artist, but someone who's a little goofier since he's kind of like just a charismatic straight man. Yeah, yeah. I I see what you're saying. I would want somebody like Jackie Chan in that kind of role. I, it, even if it is Jackie Chan doing, I think that guy's still got some. He's got more in the tank than I do right now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, maybe Jackie Chan. I, Jackie Chan and The Rock in a movie together. You know? Yeah, that sounds like it'd be really fun. That sounds like a winner, Eric. I really like that idea. Yeah, because he could fight like kind of like Steven Seagal would fight, where he wasn't so physical as much as like counterweight and stuff like that. He could pull it off. His personality would be awesome with The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I hope that they have like you know. All new kind of like baddies for them to go up against. I, my favorite was like the, uh, the, the, the Raiden type of lightning storm dude. I, I thought he was incredible as a kid. I probably watched Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> when I was like in the third and fourth grade all the way through. Oh my God. I, I probably watched that movie. It felt like once a week, if not, I, I loved that movie and it was always on like HBO or Cinemax or something and I was always watching that movie and i just absolutely love that film so so you're you're more excited about this news than brian right like you're glad it's not a remake i was worried that you know i yeah i was worried that that the rock would be jack burton and driving around in the pork chop express and you know you know what old jack burton says and i i don't want the rock to do that but i want him to be in this universe and i would love i would absolutely love like at the end of this movie it teases like we get a Kurt Russell cameo and it teases a team up of Dwayne Johnson and Kurt Russell in, in the sequel to this one. And I feel like I think I think that that The Rock has kind of proven himself to be able to step into these franchises that haven't been used in years. Jumanji in particular, and he revitalized that franchise and he didn't play. He didn't try to take over like what, you know, Rob and Williams did. And like there was Easter eggs within that new Jumanji film, Welcome to the Jungle, um, that basically made the original movie canon it's still the same universe and i, I kind of mm-hmm. like what he's doing here he's got respect for the original property and i think this is respectful for the fans that know that nobody can replace fucking uh kurt russell in the role of jack burton and guys do you want to see kurt russell like make an appearance at, like in this movie somewhere hell yeah oh yeah that would be really cool like that'd be really cool the fucking pork chop express pulls up at the end of the movie like you see like you see like this fucking exhaust and then all of a sudden, like, you see these headlights, and then it clears away, and you see the fucking Pork Chop Express, and out walks Kurt Russell. I would flip, I would flip my shit. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I would even be fine with that as a post-credit. Yeah. Oh, God, Jake. That made me happy to hear you say that as a post-credit. <laughs> you know, I... If you're gonna yeah. go, if you're gonna do post-credit, you gotta go big, and that's big. Yeah, this movie, this movie, I mean, I mean, 
was it? I loved uh, this movie. Like, got me into like some of that like fantasy martial arts kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, I could see how it's easily the gateway drug into like that. When I used to play Double Dragon, I used to com- I used to pretend that those characters were characters from fucking Big Trouble in Little China. When I would play that on my Nintendo Entertainment System when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I used to make storylines up for those games, too, when yeah, I would play them. Yeah. All right, guys. We finally got some news on the uh, Disney streaming service here. It's going to be called Disney Play. and we Disney Play. Disney Play. And it's going to cost around $6 a month is what they're saying. Oh, shit. So, which... <sighs> What do you think about that price point? I think it's great for consumers, but do you think it's it's a smart decision for Disney? Yeah, I think they kind of got themselves in a corner. Like, I think early on they kind of balked about how they were going to be so much cheaper than Netflix. Yeah. So I think they really had to swing for it here with that. And, and they did it, but I agree with you on the practical business side of it. It's like the goal here is to, you know, make big revenue. And how are you going to do that at that price? Like, you could easily yeah. – Con us all for twelve bucks a month if you wanted to. See, that's the thing, and I think like I think Iger is alluding to that in a way. Um, they are. A lot of people have said like you know yeah they own all this content so they can keep the price low, but they're actually because what what they're doing is they're actually losing money from not licensing their stuff to other streaming services and networks and just hoarding it themselves because they're going to lose three hundred million dollars from not licensing their properties to Netflix. That's just Netflix. Um, UBS crunched the numbers, and Disney is actually losing a combined total of $2.6 billion from all of their licensing out to other uh, services here. So they're losing $2.6 billion off the bat. And as far as like that $6 a month pricing, um, I'm guessing – they think since like Netflix has, and like Iger kind of confirmed this, that Netflix has more original programming at about 700 original titles that they need to start their service lower. And because they don't have that much original programming and they're not, and they're not going to be putting as much money into original programming at first. So I can see like, by that statement by Iger, like I can see this price going up once they start putting more money into original content. Like, okay, mm. now we need to make up the money for original content. We're going to raise the price a buck. It'll start off at a buck, and then it'll continue to go up from there. And by that time, Jake, now that we've got our fucking like we've we've got that taste of that uh, you know these new Marvel shows, um, we've got that taste of that Star Wars live action TV show that John Favreau's putting out, and your kids are hooked on like all this children's programming that they're pumping out. That you're gonna pay that extra dollar. You're not gonna, and, and you may not like it. Uh, yeah, but Netflix has proven this to be true. Yes, Netflix has proven this to be true, and so. I think I read UBS kind of like kind of figured out they're not 100% sure but like UBS basically figured out like it, it sounds like that in the first maybe year of Disney doing this Disney Play service that they're going to start off with about 800 million being put into original content which is not a lot when you compare it to Netflix which is like 4 to 5 billion I think I even read somewhere else that Netflix was doing like twelve to eighteen billion. So I don't know. I, I everybody's got a different report. So maybe hmm. it's maybe it's twelve to eighteen million total, and maybe in the next years when I think Netflix is going to put just four to five billion alone in. So 
Yeah, wow. It's it's interesting. It's a whole new war for entertainment going on right now. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see where everything settles, like in five years and 10 years, yeah. like where we're at. You know, if we even still have cable at this point. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, it's dying. I mean, you can already see kind of like, you know, DirecTV and, and them making a push for like their streaming stuff, you know. So satellite TV and cable might be a thing of the past. It's crazy. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Did you see the, 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 did you see that the, the, the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon? There's one blockbuster left in the whole United States and it's in Bend, Oregon. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a brewery, a brewery. I can't say that word. Brewery. 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 I want to enunciate it more. I want to say brewery, but it's brewery. Yeah. I hate that fucking word too. It's a fucking tough word because it's got that additional R at the end that you want to enunciate on and you want to like throw it in there. But like, yeah, you, but yeah, but yeah, exactly. Now you sound like like uh, like a, like an old VH, VHS trying to play or something, or like <laughs> or like your or like your car starting in the winter. Yeah. But yeah, this brewery is uh, making a. Uh, it's called like the final blockbuster ale or something, and it's like they're gonna have it at like an event at this final blockbuster in Oregon, and then like a few people are going to carry it and then like it won't be available anymore and like the label looks like the blockbuster label with the classic blue and yellow that's kind of awesome yeah <laughs> i thought that was cool yeah i'm dude i'm gonna get disney play fuck it i got gotcha. yeah i remember when going to the blockbuster was like the coolest fucking thing ever oh yeah Oh, yeah. And we didn't have, like, a Blockbuster in my town, so we had to drive, like, maybe 20 minutes away to get to the Blockbuster. But I loved going to Blockbuster. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so crazy how and different what's crazy, are. people, is Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix, and they were like, nope. They didn't. They didn't. Blockbuster would still be around. It would be Blockbuster online. Like, everybody would be signing. Like, you would watch Stranger Things on Blockbuster online. And, uh, yeah, they fucked up. Now they're dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Got to change with the time, people. You got to change with the times. They didn't see, like, digital and all this streaming stuff being a thing. And even Netflix started off as, like, a... uh, you know, we're shipping movies to you, DVDs. We're shipping them to you through the mail. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, I did the Blockbuster uh, online thing where they would send yep. me, like, the movies in the mail. I still have my Blockbuster membership card, and I still have a movie from Blockbuster online that I never returned. <laughs> I forgot to return it, and so I just kept it. It's a Tyler Labine movie. <laughs> uh, what is it? <laughs> it's a Tyler Labine movie, the the actor Tyler Labine, comedian actor. And okay, I got it. It's called Control Alt Delete or something, and I it's got horrible reviews, and I I still have never watched it, and I never will <laughs> return it. Maybe I should watch that one. I'll review it next week. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, this Disney thing—they calculated that it will take forty million subscribers paying six dollars a month for Disney to break even. Wow, that's ambitious. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think they'll get that in the first year. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's, yeah, people. Yeah. I don't know. I can see them. I can see them. Are, are they, they have to have a strong launch, Jake. They have to have a strong launch. And I, I feel like they can't do what Nintendo does and not have a Mario game available when the, when it, when the system comes out. Mar, like they not, Nintendo's not always done that. They've always tried to give us a Mario game. It feels like, but it feels like we have waited at some of these system launches for a Mario game. 
I think Disney, what they need to do is they need to have this Star Wars live action show ready at launch. That needs to be their flagship show to have a strong launch. I agree. Or at least within a month, kind of like what um, the DC streaming is doing with Teen Titans, you know, like if not day one, then within a month or two. Yeah. I Yeah. DC streaming needs that strong launch as well. They really do. But yeah. Yeah. Six dollars a month, though. That I mean, Jake, you think like maybe that, that I think that's what I think that's what they're banking on here is like that six dollars yeah. a month. You know, that's cheaper than the DC service, right? Uh, if you sign up for DC now for a year, it comes to five dollars a month because they give you three extra months. Yeah, but to buy the month, I believe is seven ninety nine. You're right. Buy the month. It. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um. So, and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to pit brands against brands, but I mean, that's you know. No, it's easier to it's easier it's easier to scrounge up six dollars in your couch cushion than it is to like pay eighty bucks right off the bat, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if the Disney Play will have a um, a feature like that as well, though. Too. Like, I wonder if they'll even cut you more of a deal if you buy a year or something. Mm, I think that'd be crazy to do that. I think like they should. Like, I guess like you know, if you if you buy the year in advance, we'll send you something in the mail or something. Yeah, I'm crazy talk because the more I think of it, like DC's smart to do that because like they're, it's a lot of new untested material for the most part, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, they got their Burton Batmans and their, you know, HD Wonder Woman and all that stuff, but for the most part, it's a lot of a lot of new stuff where I think the Disney is going to, you know, they don't need to force people to get it for a whole year to know it's still going to exist nine months from now. Eric, which of the DC shows are you most uh, excited about? The new, the original programming stuff? Oh, Jesus. Um, mo- mo- the thing that's got me hooked is like, I want to see the Teen Titans, but I want to go back and look at, watch the uh, the animated Batman stuff that's been all revamped, but yeah, I want to yeah, read yeah. the comic books. The sure. comic books is what's kind of really hooked me in. See, I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking as far as like the new stuff. I'm really I, I'm intrigued by this James Wan swamp thing. Yeah, the swamp thing is my number one. And then, um, yeah, I, I think uh, you know, of course, and, you know, and, and and of course, you know, you know, Young Justice Outsiders. I, I, I'm really looking forward to season three of Young Justice. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that because yeah. I haven't seen very much on it. Yeah, that'll be good. I, I'm interested to see what like Star Girl is going to look like. They better have the Donner cut of Superman 2 on on the streaming service, right? Yeah. I was laughing. They, at one point yes, during the I know um, what you're going to say. Show, I know what you're going to say. Oh, they left out Superman 4. They did. I know. A quest for peace. They t- they talked about Superman 1, 2, and even 3, which is terrible, but they left out yeah. quest for peace. Oh, I was like, this is such bullshit. I'm taking my seven ninety nine back. <laughs> Jake is like, I am the biggest fan of nuclear man. You have no fucking idea. Oh man, that scene where he fucking hammer punches him into the moon. Into the oh, moon. Into the goddamn moon, Jake. He did <laughs> oh, you don't have to he tell did me. he did what Jackie Gleason wanted to do to his TV wife on the honeymooners for years. Right to the moon. Right to the moon. And he did it. Man. I did not take that movie as cheesy when it first came out, man. I was 100% sold on that movie as oh, a kid. God. I was devastated when that was happening. Yeah, I, 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 even as a child, I was like, there's something wrong with this movie. I don't like it. 
So, uh, this is a crazy story I got from Screen Rant, and I had to read this, Jake. It's about Jurassic World. Uh, it, I'll read the story. Jurassic World was co-written and directed by Colin Trevorrow, uh, uh, but there were already a script by writers Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver before he came on board. Trevorrow greatly reworked the screenplay before filming, but the director recalled the original opening sequence from that draft in a new interview with BDH Network Magazine. Here's his quote. He said, I only read Rick and Amanda's script once, so I don't remember all the details of it. The lead character was a guy called Vance, who ultimately became Owen in our story. The film opened with Vance jumping out of a helicopter with a pack of raptors on a military raid of a drug dealer's compound in Colombia. It was a different approach. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I want this movie. I don't it doesn't have to be Oh, a, I know you do. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Drug sniffing cartel hunting raptors, Jake. Yeah, all right, I, I'm a little bit intrigued. I can't lie. I like. Can you? Okay, hold on, hold on. So, like in the movie, the raptors. First, are, you get the raptors, and then you get the money, dude. Dude, <laughs> raptors that are trained to hunt and kill drug cartel members, and like maybe we could see like a raptor like snort a line of cocaine and go berserk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> you don't see him snip it you just see like like the bag ripped open and powder all over his face when they bust into the room <laughs> as an audience you're terrified of what's gonna happen next oh man i want it i want it so bad I mean, it can't be worse than what we've been given. Oh, I loved what we've been given, but give me more of this. I want, I want Breaking Bad meets <laughs> fucking Jurassic Park. <laughs> Did you guys see that the, uh, next weekend uh, Jurassic Park is going to be a Fathom event? Yeah, that's super cool. And they're going to um, have an unreleased fan movie that they're going to show. I think before or after the film. September twenty seventh is. Quickly approaching us, and Transformers the animated movie is going to be back in the theater for one night. Can't wait. Yeah, I read that they expanded the theaters on that too. Did they? I I've already like I already know. I I can't use the the AMC A list on it, so it's a Fathom event. You got to pay for it, but I I will gladly pay the twelve dollars and fifty cents to go see it on that Thursday. So, gotcha too. All right, ComicBook.com had details about the new Child's Play reboot. Um. And uh, heading into production next month is a remake of Child's Play, despite the series, uh, series original writer Don Mancini uh, still writing new adventures for Chucky, the killer doll. New details about the film have emerged with a casting notice, offering audiences details about how this new film will differ from the original and also what it keeps intact. Uh, sources shared with comicbook.com that one character named Chen is a Chinese factory worker who commits suicide shortly after reprogramming a buddy doll to have no limitations. How do you... How do you hold on. How, is, that, is that an easy task? Like, how do you program a Chucky... How do you program... I mean, in a horror no, movie, I imagine, like, it's like the Krusty doll where it just has a good and evil switch on the back of it. I or guess, or, or like a no limitation switch. Yeah, yeah. Turn off the limitation... Take up the limitation right. ship. Uh, it's be like Robocop first person where it's, like, prime directive is to kill people or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> I... Oh. Like, never hurt children and then they're, like, wiped that away from it. <laughs> 
This goes on to say, Chucky is described as a defective buddy doll whose programming code was hacked so that he has no limitations to learning and also violence. Um, I don't, I don't like this. I, I miss the old origin. So the whole thing is just some kind of like AI. It's Terminator basically now instead yeah. of Child's Play. Well, because like the original was like, wasn't it like a a, a murderer? It was like a voodoo curse because like the guy was gonna like the guy was gonna die right, and he like put his body into Chucky to stay alive. Yeah, or wasn't it? I, I spent yeah, some time. it was uh, okay. It. it was uh, Charles Lee Ray is critically injured and before dying projects his spirit into the body of uh, a good guy doll. Yeah, exactly, and, and I like that better because it. Yeah, I don't know. This is technology. What was Chucky? Yeah, it, is Chucky gonna like? Is Chucky gonna be a drone to flying around? <laughs> you know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It made Chucky a little bit sympathetic in like the first movie too, right? Like, I mean, the, the guy's still a terrible guy, but it's yeah. like he's trapped in this fucking doll body, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And he definitely complains about that a lot. Oh my god! When I was a kid, the part that used to crack me up is like when when I think it was when Chucky got shot in the first movie, and you got this little doll hanging out with this little boy, and he goes, "You know, when I got shot, I didn't think it would hurt." And he goes, "That fucking hurt." <laughs> <laughs> And that used to crack me the fuck up when I was a kid. Yeah, this sounds terrible. Eric, this technology? Come on, right? Yeah, that's not the same. Having a murdering little robot's not the same as having a, a freaking murderer that's inside the body with, like, a personality and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm, I'm not, like, you know, uh, it has to be exactly the same by any means, but I think this is a silly change. Yeah. Uh, it just ta- It just takes away the spirit of... It's just a doll that they've programmed with no limitations, and that just sounds stupid. Yeah, I, I think Eric was right. It, it's RoboCop, basically, yeah. right? It's RoboCop meets Terminator-type shit. Yeah. Evil robot AI. Yeah. I've never seen that before. This is, I toss it. I toss the, yeah. I toss it. Pre-toss it. Um, Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty just landed a two-season order for a new animated series that will premiere on Hulu. And this news comes from Variety. Hulu has handed out a two-season order to an animated comedy series that hails from Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland and Rick and Morty writer Mike Ma- 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 Mike McMahon, uh, Variety has learned. The series is titled Solar Opposites. It centers on a family of aliens from a better world who must take refuge in middle America. They disagree on whether this is awful or awesome. Hulu has ordered two eight-episode seasons. With the first slated to debut in 2020, Solar Opposites had previously been in development for Fox, with Royland teasing the project as early as 2015 on social media. Hulu's other recent series orders include Looking for Alaska, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, hmm. um, yeah, so we're going to get more Justin Roiland. Like, of course, like this is going to be separate from his work with Dan Harmon on Rick and Morty, but still, it's more Justin Roiland. And, um, man, Justin Roiland was actually slated to be at C2E2 this year, and, uh, he pulled out, man. I was so upset. That was, like, I was, that was the one kind of, like, meet and greet that I wanted to go to, was to meet Justin Roiland, and he pulled out. But I'm very, very fucking excited to see him involved in something else here. And it's gonna be on yeah. Hulu, which is wild, because this is a, this had been previously been in development at Fox, and Disney is buying Fox, and once Disney buys Fox, they will have 60% control of Hulu. Weird. Yeah, that is that is 
kind of weird. I don't know how that politically that's all going to work out, but that is that is kind of odd. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Roland can strike tw- twice, right? Yeah. Like, is this going to be another animated? This is another animated show. I take it right. Definitely, it's an yeah, it's a it's a new animated series, and it seems like Hulu's really kind of like hoping that uh, the Rick and Morty fame that Justin Roiland has is going to pay off for them big time because they they ordered two seasons, Jake. This is not just like a pilot order. Um, this is not a one-season order. They've ordered two eight-episode seasons right off the bat. So we're getting two seasons of this, no matter if it's good or bad. Yeah, that's interesting. So well, I guess it's coming out season two one way or the other, huh? Yeah. Eric, are you a fan of Rick and Morty? Are you looking forward to this? I am kind of. The only thing I was concerned about was if it was going to take away from Rick and Morty and not be as good. But as long as it's good, and it, even if it has to slow Rick and Morty down, if it's just as good, then fuck it, I'm in. I don't think it's going to be just as good. I, it's going to be something completely different. This is not Dan Harmon involved in this. It's yeah. Justin Roiland off on his own. But I think, like, you know, it'll... Who knows? There's room for other great animated shows. Like, Rick and Morty, for me, is like... You know, right now, as as far as, like, where we are in our current climate, as far as, like, animated shows, like, Rick and Morty's at the top, followed by Bo- BoJack Horseman. You know, that's where it is for me. And then South Park. I still think South Park is pretty damn relevant because they are very topical and, like, they make those episodes so quickly and they can react to, like, what's going on in our country so quickly as those seasons come out. So, um but, you know, I'm looking forward to this one, so I, I can't wait to see this come out on Hulu. I'm also waiting for that close enough. It's uh, J.G. Quintel's new animated series. It's more adult, and that's going to be, I think, on TBS, and that's the regular show creator who's going to be doing this, and it's a, it's a more of an adult cartoon. There was a trailer that was released for that one, and it looked great, and then all of a sudden, like, I haven't heard any news or a release date for it. Um, and then... Also, guys, uh, BoJack Horseman season five drops on September fourteenth. So we're gonna get every episode of BoJack Horseman season five on September fourteenth, and that show every year it comes out is just incredible. Will Arnett, I love it, so good. Do you? Hey, Eric, you watch BoJack? I watched the first three seasons and just the limited time I have for television, I didn't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that fourth season's great too. I would, yeah, try to. I mean. Try to f- try to find time for it so you can get ready for season five because it's still like it sets a pretty high bar as far as animated shows. It's pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, got some Spawn movie news here from Variety. Uh, Greg Nicotero, director and effects specialist for The Walking Dead, has come on board to create the design for Todd McFarlane's Spawn horror fantasy movie, and uh, the deal for Nicotero and his company KNB EFX. Was announced Wednesday. McFarlane, Nicotero, and KNB FX group worked together on the 1997 Spawn movie. Um, and uh, Todd said, um, "I'm a longtime fan of Greg's work and the projects his company KNB has done throughout the years. Working with him once again to reinvent the Spawn look so it will match the supernatural theme in the movie is going to be a fun process." Uh, me personally, I. I'm very happy to see Greg Nicotero involved in this project. This this is really coming together, and I think that I love this. This is, I think Todd is getting a lot of. That's one of the things we talked about, Jake, is Todd getting some help from people, and and now we've got Greg Nicotero coming on not only to de, to design Spawn, 
and and be you know. But I also feel like with Greg Nicotero being a director himself, I, I think that that's going to be a huge asset for for Todd going into into production. Yeah, definitely. Nicotero is huge. He's such a master of his craft and everything. And so, yeah, this is good. I mean, I I think this is also very good just for the look of the movie overall, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Eric, uh, I, I, what are your thoughts on the Spawn movie, man? Um, and then, and then, and, and then finally, of course, Nicotero joining this. I don't, I don't, it's like, it seems like all the pieces are falling into place when they really shouldn't be. Yeah. Based on like the budget and things. So, yeah, Greg Nicotero, I can't believe they even got him after all the other people that they're getting, but it's almost like it's, uh, everyone is just stepping up to help him is what it seems like, and it's all the right people stepping up. So it's, it's crazy. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't excited. Now I'm like really yeah. excited for it. Jeremy Renner, you know, they got Jamie Foxx, big name. Now they got Greg Nicotero, like this is being produced by uh, Blumhouse. Uh, they're doing it on a very cheap budget. It's like Todd McFarlane seems like to have the best luck of anybody in the world. Like I want to see like a like a video <laughs> of Todd McFarlane like walking down the street and a crane like goes to swing and almost hits him. He like ducks because he sees a hundred dollar bill on the ground, picks it up and misses the crane altogether. It doesn't hit him, and then you know mm. it, <laughs> buys a scratch off, buys a hundred bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's he he just ha- seems to like fall into just great things here. This is. I don't know. I, I, I still want to see what this is going to look like. I, I got to see this first trailer, but it's almost like I'm, I'm so intrigued by some of these like cheap, low budget horror films that are coming out. I definitely want to see this new Hellboy, which seems like it's not going to be as like big budget as the original Hellboy, um, this David Harbour one. And I want to see the trailer for the Spawn movie as soon as they get something together. I hope they put something together quick and I hope it comes out and it just blows people away. It's got a I don't know, man. Fucking Jeremy Renner, Jamie Foxx, uh, Greg Nicotero joining this, and, and, and Blumhouse involved. This is, it's, it's kind of coming together, and it's, Jake, this is like, we never, I never dreamed that it, I, and I know we haven't seen anything yet, but I never dreamed that, that this would be like the team behind it, so. Yeah, I thought it would be a giant shit show. I never would have guessed we'd have maybe one quality name that they throw in there to try yeah. to make it good. But yeah, yeah, it looks like they're really getting all their ducks in a row for this thing. It's crazy. So I'm actually very intrigued and looking forward to it. Uh, this movie announcement, this next movie announcement I have is from Variety. And it had me intrigued and it has me very excited. Uh, we talked about uh, The Rock earlier, Dwayne Johnson. And uh, two of my favorites are now going to be collaborating together. Uh Dwayne Johnson and Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, I heard about this. This this sounds really cool. King, right? Isn't that what it's called? Uh, yeah, it's called The King. And uh, it's a uh, Warner Brothers and New Line have won an auction for The King, an epic-sized epic film that will star Dwayne Johnson as Hawaiian King Kamehameha. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is set to direct a film that could be compared to Braveheart and only partly because King is based on a spec written by that film screenwriter, Randall Wallace. Uh, Kamamaha, uh, Kamamaha is the legendary king who is the first to unite the warring Hawaiian islands, which fulfilled the prophecy that surrounded his fabled life since birth. He took control of Hawaii's destiny and gave the islanders leverage in advancing the culture and trading with the foreign ships from Europe that began showing up on the shores of islands that must have seemed like paradise, albeit a sometimes dangerous one, as explorers like Simon Metcalf and Captain James Cook discovered before Kamamaha 
forcibly unified the islands. Um, the article then talks about how this role has been a dream of Johnson's, uh, Dwayne Johnson's to play this, um, character, uh, this figure in history dating back to an interview for his first film, The Scorpion King. So he, he's been wanting to play, uh, Kamamaha for years, uh, back when he first started this. This is kind of a dream to him, a dream for him. And, and I feel like with the success that he's had and like the strides that he's made in acting, now is probably the time. And it, it seems like he's got a lot of influence here. Uh, he's a big actor now. He's a big name. And like him and Zemeckis together, this, I'm excited for this. This sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, there's never been a, Zeme- a Zemeckis movie that was total crap. So, I mean, I think one way or another, this is going to be a really neat project. Hopefully, it's something really special by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see him play in, like, an epic and be a serious, like, power player in it. It'd be great. Yeah, it really would. It really would. Like, yeah, if they're talking about, like, this being compared to, like, Braveheart. Didn't Braveheart win uh, Picture of the Year? Well, I can't confirm that. I don't. I don't think that's true. You might be know. right, though. No, no, I'll pause it. Find out. I'm curious now. All right, Jake, what'd you find out? Yeah, it did. 1996, best picture. Yeah, I thought it did. I thought it did. Good old, good old Melly Mel <laughs> won best director too. That's crazy. Yeah, <sighs> I haven't watched that movie in years. Yeah, yeah, I I remember really enjoying it when it came out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this movie, The King with the Rock. Uh, it's looking to start filming sometime in 2020 because uh, he's busy. He's uh, busy with that Disney Jungle Cruise movie that he's doing. Yeah. And three more Fast and the Furious movies, his spinoff Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Last week, we talked about the Russo Brothers production company, uh, AGBO, which I'm just going to call Agbo because that's easier. Um, but it looks like the Russos will be working with one Avenger again, and this time for a Netflix film. Deadline had the news. Joe and Anthony Russo have been extreme multitaskers moving in overdrive to get their Agbo studio up and running. They've just filmed, uh, they just firmed, uh, with Netflix plans for an India and Thailand shoot for DACA, a kidnap extraction drama that will star Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Um, and marks the feature directorial debut of Sam Hargrave. He has graduated from being Chris Evans' stunt double in Captain America the Winter Soldier to fight and stunt coordinator in the Captain America Civil War to holding those jobs, plus some second unit directing in Avengers Infinity War. DACA is a script written by Joe Russo, and he's producing with his brother. Um, DACA is an action film in which Hemsworth has to liberate a kidnapped Indian boy. Physically brave but an emotional coward, the man has to come to terms with the with his identity and sense of self. So, yeah, Agbo it just made their first deal with Netflix here. Um, I find that interesting because uh, we've got the Russo brothers who have been working very close with Disney, but now they didn't sign on to do a movie for Disney, which I know is going to be a family friendly service. But they they're they're taking their talents to Netflix. Yeah, that's. That's pretty wild. That's that's a big coup for Netflix. And wow, Hemsworth being on the show too. That's yeah. pretty huge too. Yeah, um, Agbo also teamed with Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman, uh, and they're going to be doing a thriller called Seventeen Bridges. And I think that's going to be a theatrical release. Wow. And that follows a disgraced detective in the New York Police Department who is given a shot at redemption. 
Thrust into a citywide manhunt for a cop killer, he begins to uncover a massive conspiracy that links his fellow cops to a criminal empire and must decide who he is hunting and who is actually hunting him. Um, so yeah, uh, 17 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman. They're taking their relationships from Disney and pulling some of these guys. Jake, last week we talked about the Russos and how they might officially be done with Marvel Studios after Avengers 4. What are the chances that after they leave, they sign James Gunn to direct a movie for their production company, Agbo? Oh, that's interesting. I could see that being very possible. I'm not sure how good of a relationship the Russos and Gunn had on a personal level. That's very. It's a very interesting idea. Uh, yeah, but business wise, does it make sense for Agbo possibly to get James Gunn in there? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see that being a bad decision. I mean, I you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to tell what what the PR on James Gunn is going to be like until James Gunn comes out and does something high profile again. Well, he's got that okay. Sony thing coming out, but you know, I mean, he, yeah, he's still, I don't know. We're not, I don't think that's really going to be a face of James Gunn project. Well, you sure, know what I'm saying? sure, like, yeah. He, he's been very silent since everything, and it'll just be interesting to see how the public is going to respond to a returning to the forefront with a big movie, James Gunn. Yeah, but my point here is like you've got this brand new production studio, Agbo, with from the Russos. Who probably know James Gunn on a certain level, and they also know James Gunn's track record with like the Guardians of the Galaxy films, and they also know his popularity, and they also know that Warner Brothers is, you know, there's been rumors of Warner Brothers going after him after this news, but they have to wait until like, you know, everything's kind of like severed with uh, with uh, Disney. I, I just see like a new company starting off like this, and if they can get James Gunn on the cheap to kind of like rejuvenate his career. I think it's a smart business move for Agbo to get him on any project. Yeah, I, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Like, especially like now that you kind of warm me up to the idea of James Gunn kind of getting his feet wet this way rather than in a giant, you know, blockbuster movie. Yeah, like this could be the perfect vehicle for him to to come back and test the waters. Yeah, Eric, what are you thinking, man? Like about it. I mean, I talked about you know Hemsworth doing Agbo this DACA movie. I mean, you can comment on anything. Yeah, it's kind of it sounds kind of good. I've always thought that not and it has nothing to do with my wife's love for Chris Hemsworth, but I think that he's like just waiting for a good role for him to shine in because there's a couple of big movies he's done well in yeah, that maybe yeah. the movies haven't done good in and that sounds like it could really play with his ability to act and really show whether he really can act or if he's just able to get through or skate through some roles that may just be good for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't this Anybody picking up James Gunn right now is a good thing, I think, because they could probably get him on the cheap, and he's yeah. a great actor or a great director. Yeah. And it, if they can get him cheap enough, it'll really show once he, you know, does some work how we all respond to him coming back and and the work that he's done to really show how many people are behind him. Yeah, uh, James Gunn needs like I, I feel like after this is all said and done, like once Avengers Four comes out and the Russos have done all their fucking promoting of this movie everything's done and and everything's kind of, and they and, and they've left marvel and, and they're going to do everything with agbo i think like that's the perfect time to to bring james gunn in and make an announcement like i can see this happening i can see this happening yeah. that them bringing in james gunn and, and doing this i mean they've already you know that, that's that's they've been networking this you can tell they've been networking they've got a they've got a netflix movie here 
with with Chris Hemsworth now, and they've and they've kind of swooped in and grabbed Chadwick Boseman to do the 17 bridges. I mean, the next logical thing is to, to is to rejuvenate James Gunn's career after this is all said and done after they've left Disney and they're and they're putting all their energies into Agbo. I, I, it just makes sense to me. Yeah, 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 I agree. It'd be really cool. Yeah, I think it's a good move too. Yeah, so yeah, looking. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what Agbo can do. You know, I really am. And it sounds like some of these movies. I hope this Netflix fucking movie DACA doesn't get buried. It feels like Netflix. What, what's great about Netflix is all the new content coming out. The bad news about it is some of it you'll never hear about because they don't. They, you don't see commercials for this stuff unless you're actually on the app. It's not like you go to the theater and before like the movie starts, they're showing you like trailers for some of this stuff. That rarely happens. That rarely happens. I, I've seen Amazon do it, like, and, and on other, just like regular TV, like, you don't see any ads really for Netflix unless it's maybe Stranger Things, but like, everybody already fucking knows about Stranger Things, but like, or maybe if you're on the internet, you'll see something for like the new Will Smith, you know, uh, Joel Edgerton movie, that Bright movie or whatever, but you don't, I don't know, there's so much original content being put out on Netflix that, that I don't even know about maybe until like months later. Yeah, I don't really wish they had a sh- – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it just brings me back to what I was saying a, a few episodes ago. Netflix really needs that awareness show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so many people watch Netflix and you could just force people to watch it while they're shifting through menus to let them learn about shows, you know? Yeah. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Welcome to Netflix Now. This is what's coming up in September on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Like who was it that was going to take over for Hardwick? Um, oh, what's yeah. her name for – uh, Yvonne, uh, Yvonne, what's her name? Last name. Oh, I forget. You know who I'm talking yeah. about, though. She's yeah, Yvette. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it, it's Yvonne or Yvette or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yvette. Yeah, Yvette. Yeah, like, like, like she almost had a, you know, a job like that. Give her, like, get, let her do it. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a million faces that could sure. be charismatic and sell brand new Netflix shows that we have zero awareness about. I'll fucking do it, Netflix. Fucking hire me, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I'll get up here and t- I talk about half your shit anyway. So why don't you fucking hire me, assholes? Yeah, jeez. Well, there's no point in hiring you. They get the advertisement for free. Oh, no shit. Exactly. I don't have any. I don't have. I don't have any draw anyway. Nobody. Gets, who the fuck is this asshole? Is what they're saying. <laughs> Who's that guy sleeping on a fucking bed of Charmin up there? This is ridiculous. <laughs> why am I watching this show? Oh my god, he just shit in it. Well, I guess it makes sense. It's Charmin. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, that's all I got. Um, let's see. You guys, uh, how are we doing on time? You guys want to take a break or you want to move into Marvel News? Oh, I'm fine either way. All right. I'm all right. Let's move into Marvel News. We'll move, in, we'll move into Marvel News and then we'll take a break. How's that sound, gentlemen? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> right. sure. yeah, we're just, we're just, we just talk about the show on the fly. That's what we do here. We just we, <laughs> <laughs> It's like people are like, can't you do this? Can't you talk? can't you figure this shit out later? Why you got to talk about it? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, people like it. I don't know. I don't who cares? Who ca- get to the advertising. Oh fuck you. Fuck yeah, it's you. just more dumb shit yeah. that drags out the length of this show that makes our listeners happy. All right, time for Marvel news. Marvel news. Hey, Stephen Redgrave, guy that got me uh, the cat stuff. 
He he's on the table right now, laying next to me. You know why? Because this cat loves me. He's he's past, he's so assed out right now. Like it's like wherever I am though, that's where he he is. It's crazy. I love this cat. <laughs> so thank you, thank you for anybody who shows any love to my cats. Uh, you're a friend for life. So thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate it. It's awesome. Uh, anyway. Uh, Marvel news this week. Uh, great news. If you're a fan of Black Panther, uh, it looks like the reshoots of Avengers 4 will include more Black Panther. And I'm also hearing possibly more Wakanda. Uh, if we're to believe the tweets that are coming from Atlanta filming, they said based on the locations and the casting, it looks like Avengers 4 will have a whole lot more Black Panther in it than Avengers Infinity War. Jake, I think like after Black Panther came out, um, this is great news because, like, you know, like, I could have used a little bit more Black Panther in Infinity War. I really could have. I, I love Black Panther. I love Chadwick Boseman. I love I, I love Shuri. Um, but it looks like we're going to get more Black Panther uh, in, in Avengers 4, which, I mean, is crazy because he, didn't he turn into dust? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we kind of know, right? I obviously. Sure. Unless you're eight years old, you kind of realize what's going on here. Yeah, but um, uh, even uh, if you're uh, even uh, if you don't realize, there's been uh, yeah. you know Batista's definitely been very vocal. Very. That he's got a lot of screen time too. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he might not even come back if there's a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah, Batista's cracking me up. He's basically doing everything he can to get fired at this he point. Is. It seems like he really is. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, I've been every I, seriously. Like, there's probably like two or three different Batista articles I'm reading daily. Yeah, exactly. It's like Batista spoils yeah. uh, the ending to Avengers 4. Click yeah. here. It's like, hmm, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I, I, I read an article titled, Batista Batesting Disney's Patience. Ooh. I'm kidding. I made that up. Thank you. I'm taking a fucking bow. I'm taking a fucking bow. This is why you should have me host that goddamn Netflix show, you sons of fucks. <laughs> That's the kind of that's the kind of brilliant comedy you're gonna get when I'm talking about your little fucking doop de doo Netflix shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll be fucking watching Ozark season two after you listen to Brian. <laughs> I yes, I will be relentless until you have yeah. binged every episode. Did you see that article? I think it was uh, Pierce Brosnan said that when when he I guess he was working with Netflix on something, and Netflix didn't want him to use the words binge worthy or, or uh bingeable like they don't want people to to talk about shows being bingeable or they don't want they don't want their they don't want their talent using the word binge oh yeah it promotes like a laziness and a, a laziness lifestyle and like a sloth slothingly lifestyle oh god I, I bet the people like i get i bet netflix and the people that are like the heads they're smart yeah they're doing a great job over there but i bet like they get their little focus groups together and they sit around they look at fucking little pie charts and diagrams and shit i don't know i bet they're i don't know they sound like a bunch of suits and assholes telling people not to say words like binge yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's silly. I always get mad anytime any of the streaming services mm -hmm. ask me if I'm still watching. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm still watching. And if, if, even if I was passed out of sleep, don't ask me. 
Right? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Yes, I am. I, I need am, the background noise. I am still watching Storage Wars Northern Treasure. You bet your fucking ass I'm watching it. <laughs> episode three, motherfucker. Let's go. No, dude. I'm literally on episode 24. And yes, there's 36 episodes of uh, <laughs> Storage Wars Northern Treasures, which is the Canadian version of Storage Wars. And I, 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 I something happened to me. Like when I, when I, when I got injured and I had my Achilles tendon thing i i i'd never watched storage wars before and i i think i watched like every every season when i was stuck at home just watching storage wars and now i've got the canadian one and i've just i've been i've been uh just watching it like a madman <laughs> sorry uh that's funny yeah, <laughs> that, that's a fun show. I it's very it definitely it's, it's very easy and bingeable, and I know it's fake, and I know it's all set up, and I know that they put shit in those lockers to make them interesting. Because I know half the time, like honestly, like I know half the time those lockers, people aren't leaving valuable shit in those things. They can't be, right? No, that's crazy. Oh, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave this in here, and it's worth thousands of dollars, and I can't pay fifty bucks to fucking for my storage unit. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna go up for auction. I well, there was t- that documentary Finders Keepers. The dude left his leg in there. Are you serious? Did you ever hear about that? No. This sounds like a. This. Uh, this sounds like. <laughs> sounds. Sounds like Rocket Raccoon bit on that locker. <laughs> he was in like a, a plane accident and he amputated his leg so he mummified his leg oh and he was like had like drug problems and stuff and his parents like his or his mom I think it was he was trying to stay at her house and anyway he left it in the storage thing didn't pay it and another dude bought the storage thing and, and got the leg <laughs> and made a little museum at his house so people could come check out the, the, the mummified leg oh my god that, 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 that storage locker almost cost him an arm and a leg Oh my gosh, that's so weird. Somebody bought. Oh my, did the guy get his leg back? Yeah, they went to court. They were all over like Donahue and all this other stuff. I didn't know this in like the 80s or 90s, but yeah, he ended up getting his leg back. Oh my god, that's so weird. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) wild. Back to Marvel News. Um, That is crazy. I'm going to have to Finders Keepers. I'm going to have to check that out. Was it a movie? It's a documentary. Documentary. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, Black Panther, speaking of Black Panther, uh, Disney XD premiered the first trailer for the animated series, Marvel's Avengers Black Panther's Quest. So this is technically the fifth season of uh, Avengers Assemble, and um, this season takes over from last year's Secret Wars with uh, King T'Challa dominating the show this time out. So did you guys see the trailer for this at all? No. Um, I, you know, I saw you post this. I have never. I was so bitter when they canceled Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, I have not given given this iteration yeah. any kind of time of day. I know. Is it, it? It looked fun. With I don't watch Avengers Assemble. I I tried it, and it, I I was a bigger fan of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I loved Hawkeye in that series, and so, yeah, it was so good, so good, and like so. I don't watch this, and so, but I did watch this trailer and it was really cool to see like you know shuri and okoye and you know of course t'challa black panther it looks cool but like on the flip side it's like i i'm probably not going to watch this i didn't watch the guardians of the galaxy cartoon either so yeah um 
Yeah, and I'm such a like I'm so OCD about stuff. Like I couldn't just watch the Black Panther season. Like if I was going to watch this, I would want to go watch the first four seasons. Yeah, and that ain't. And happening. I don't. Yeah, that is not happening for me either, man. So. Nah. Yeah. But yeah, it is cool. I don't. I I agree with you that it is cool to see all these characters kind of get the animated treatment. Yeah. Eric, did you see it? No, I, I'm not a real big fan of the Marvel animated stuff. So if the, anything came out, whether it was good mm. or not, I kind of avoided it. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you ever watch the Doctor Strange animated feature? No, I heard that one was good, but I haven't seen it. It's really I was going to watch good. it before the movie and didn't. I think it's on. It's on a streaming service, a free one, and I think it's on. It's not on Pluto TV. What the fuck is that cheap ass uh, popcorn TV? It used to be on popcorn TV. So maybe check it out. I don't know. I'll check it's it out. It's really fucking good, though. Um, Spider-Man. Yeah, I, basically my Black Panther announcement here is just for people that want to watch it. We're not really going to watch it. So there you go, people. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be some more color commentary by me on the Netflix show. Like, I would... <laughs> <laughs> We're not really gonna watch. I'm not really gonna watch this. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah I'll trailer. You just watch that two minutes or what? I'm not watching this. But yeah, you guys, uh, whatever. If it floats your boat, watch whatever the fuck that was. Anyway, um, Spider-Man: Far From Home rumor, and this comes from MCU Cosmic, which I'm sure I don't know. Jake, MCU Cosmic are they are they are they a legitimate source for MCU rumors? Do you know? I, I mean. I- I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no. Oh, is this like some guy, some 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 blogger, like out of his fucking garage? I have a personal rule that any new site that has the word cosmic in it is questionable. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cosmic Book News, they're another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spider Man Far From Home is already filled with villains such as Mysterio, a small appearance by the Vulture, a possible appearance by Chameleon, and a rumor that Hydro Man will show up in the scenes set in Venice. Now a new rumor says that another minor Spider Man villain may be making an appearance in the movie. That villain would be Mark Raxton, otherwise known as Molten Man, a character who originally appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 28 in 1965. His origin is connected to that of Spencer Smythe, who just happens to be another character that's rumored to pop up in some way in the Homecoming sequel. Now his appearing is only a rumor, and the origin of this is what a Molten Man figure apparently is included in one of these toy lines that are being produced for the film. I'm not willing to say he's confirmed to appear yet, as toys can often include a random character who don't actually show up in the movie. Blah, 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 blah. They're saying that Molten Man is going to show up possibly because of this toy rumor, and we haven't even seen a picture of the toy. And this comes from MCU. Yeah, I'm not buying it. (laughs) Molten Man's, like, not. Like, I could see them doing him down the line, right? But why would he be, like, it's probably just a... They're throwing the toy collectors a bone and giving them a new Molten Man fig. I really do believe that. Like uh, the beginning of the movie, you you have your little fun action scene at the beginning of the movie, and it's like uh, Molten Man and Hydro Man show up, and Spider Man takes care of them with ease, and then we jump into the real movie, right? Yeah, isn't Molten Man all tied in with like Liz Allen somehow? I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, I know I, I've, I've seen the character before. I've read of his origin, but I haven't read anything with like Molten Man in any storylines. So I thought he was like Liz Allen's like fucking like stepbrother or some crazy shit like that. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, and the Hydro Man rumor was because there was like Tom uh, Holland. Isn't that weird? Tom Holland and then Tom Hardy are both Tom H's. Right? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, they're both in the universe somewhat. Anyway. Um, oh, okay. I, I, it's Liz Allen's brother. Okay. Liz Allen's brother. Hmm. So yeah. I knew it was something like that. It feels like a waste to use him as like a as like a Rhino was in Amazing Spider-Man Two, right? Yeah, Since he's got so a little bit of more of a personal connection to some of the characters. Yeah, that does seem like a huge waste. Yeah, coming out of nowhere too. Wouldn't that be kind of expensive to have the two of them in something and make them look good? Just to toss them away in just the first ten or fifteen minutes of the movie? I don't know. Do you really want a whole movie with Molten Man though? No. But I'm just saying, like, it would be expensive for the CGI of making Molten Man look cool and Hydro Man's water look cool. Yeah. Well, the, the whole Hydro Man rumor was because Tom Holland shot, like, some video that he threw up on, like, Instagram or something. And there was a stunt actor of him behind him, I believe. And, like, this water splashed up on him. And then it sent this stunt actor flying back. So people were like, oh, I saw water. So that must mean Hydro Man's involved somehow. So I, you know, that's, I mean, people are coming to that conclusion. And then, of course, this MCU cosmic rumor is just like crazy that they're saying that, like, if you're going to tell me that there's a rumor of a toy of Molten Man for the Far From Home movie, then show me a fucking picture of it. Don't just, yeah. you know, I don't know. They're, 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 yeah. they're, they're, they're doing Desperate all for a click. Yeah. yeah, they are. It's a little bit clickbaity. And, and what's nice about like, you know, Jason Ward and making Star Wars.net, like they will go on a limb and not go out on a limb, but they will basically tell you like, we've heard this rumor. We just can't get it confirmed. But like, I'd say 90% of the times the rumors that they tell you like end up happening. And with this, like, even though they're saying they're not willing to, you know, commit that this is happening, it's just it just seems a little fishy and sketchy to me. I don't know, but we'll find out. I mean, if Molten Man shows up, then he shows up. But it's I don't know. I, I just that's why I was asking you at the beginning, like how reliable is MCU Cosmic and their sources? You know. So. Yeah, I would say no, not 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 very reliable. I don't give a fuck if we see Molten Man anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to use it, I guess using it for five seconds is good enough. I mean, does does something, and this is what they're saying in the article here, does something happen in Avengers 4 that causes so many people to get superpowers and become supervillains? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I hope yeah. not. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, that's all I got for Marvel News. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for DC news. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, so yeah, on break there. Uh, fed my cats a little bit of the old temptations treats. And so I want to thank again, I want to thank Stephen Redgrave for the tasty treats for my cats. And hope, and, I'm sure they will take a hearty shit on the litter that you sent as well. So, <laughs> thanks all around. Thanks all Circle around. Circle of life. Circle yeah. of thanks. Fucking Redgrave. That's a badass last name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Stephen. Like uh, Stephen. You know, that's whatever. But Redgrave. Yeah, Mr. Fucking Redgrave. It sounds like it sounds like me doing my Netflix show. I'm like, guys, uh, eight eight episode series Redgrave coming to Netflix. 
Yeah, it sounds like a real badass bounty hunter or something. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I and that's what he's like a vampire. Vampire. Oh, my God. Yeah. A vampire hunter named Redgrave. Oh. Yeah. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then, we, got, and, we got your next blade villain right here. Hey, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steven. Redgrave is a badass last name. Anyway, DC News, people. Time for DC News. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. You think after Batman destroyed her vagina, he called it the Redgrave? Ooh. (laughs) I think he will now. Uh, could be a Batman villain, you know. That's that's the origin story. He destroyed her vagina, and then she went on her lifelong mission was to to destroy Batman. After he just turned her vagina into it looks, it basically looked like 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 raw beef that you would get at like Kroger or something. <laughs> just, you know, like like it went through a meat grinder. Her, her vagina looked like the meat that comes out of a meat grinder. Wow! Hey, did, did you? <laughs> Batman gets fucking crazy. Did you remember when we were kids? I don't know. I don't. My mom did it. My mom had one of those like meat grinders. It was like that metal meat grinder, and she'd strap that fucker on the on the side of the counter, and she would just start grinding uh, the meat. And I, she would make what? Did, what the fuck? She made it for my dad. I thought it was disgusting. She'd throw some meat in there and grind that shit up and make him some kind of like paste that he would like slide on his sandwich bread and he'd eat these little, <laughs> these little sandwiches I think she threw like mayo in there with this meat and he would <laughs> that's <sounds> horrible <laughs> yeah you're not selling me on this meat grind <laughs> it looked like it looked like a it looked like a like one of those devices from Saw you know like I don't know. It looked like something Jigsaw would put your dick into, and it'd come out. Your dick would come out the other end, and, and then my dad's eating your penis on a sandwich the next day for his lunch, um, unbeknownst to him. Like, oh yeah, I just ate Stephen Redgrave's dick on a sandwich. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. I, I, I sometimes I start these things and I don't know where they're going. <laughs> I, went, I did not expect it to end with Stephen Redgrave's dick on a sandwich. <laughs> again, Stephen, thank you again for the cat treats. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean it, though. It was so sweet and so nice, man. Like these three huge Amazon boxes show up at the door, and I was just like, ah! It was very cool. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, DC Daily premiere. So they premiered the uh, DC Daily uh, hosted by Kevin Smith. Is he just hosting this first episode or is he coming back and doing more things? Or was he just – I thought he's hosting every episode they announced. Yeah, I don't. I, I hope so. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It went on for over three hours. I watched the entire thing. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I did too. I did too. And it replaces DC All Access. And it, it reminded me of like the, the chemistry that they already kind of had with, with – John Barrowman was on there, Sam Levine – uh, Harley Quinn Smith, his daughter was on there and, and Jim Lee. Jim Lee was on, they had Jim Lee stuck in the corner there and that was cracking me the fuck up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it reminded me of like the old G4 days where like, you know, 
they would just have a lot of fun. And, and there were some fuck ups, like the teleprompters were moving too fast. And, and, uh, I enjoyed Kevin talking with Terry Hatcher and that was so much fun. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I thought meh, it did drag on a little bit long by the time I, I was over watching it by the time it was over. But I thought doing this Monday through Friday in like a quicker 20 minute to 30 minute max format could be a really cool thing. Jake, you don't like it when things go on too long. I know that. No, it's a preview <laughs> show that went three fucking hours, Brian. Jesus, does it need to be Return of the King? It does. <laughs> I thought it'd be great if, like, by the end of it, like, John Barrowman is, like, you know, carrying Kevin Smith up, like, Mount Doom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> John Barrowman. I didn't know. I didn't know he was quite the silver fox. I've always seen him with his hair dyed, and he yeah, was, I was shocked by that. Too. Jesus, he was a silver fox. He's a. He's still. He's. A, he's a very, very gorgeous man. But man, I, I. Yeah, I hadn't seen him with the with the silver. Yeah, look, look good. Look, looking good, John. <laughs> you guys sure you don't want to talk about meat grinding and penises anymore? <laughs> yeah. Get on it. That always freaked me out in the wall when they had the kids walking into the meat grinder. What? What are you talking about? Huh? The You never seen the wall? What's the wall? The Pink Floyd movie? Pink Floyd? Oh, the Pink Floyd movie. I was like, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, the kids, they like march them all into like a giant one of those meat grinders. I haven't seen that probably in years. So, yeah. But then, now that you bring it up, I remember. So that meat grinders always just disturb me because that's what I think of. Okay. All in all, you're just another penis in my sandwich. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, DC Universe, it's going to be 2,500. Like we talked about the comics. It looks like it's going to be 2,500 comics at launch, and it's going to be kind of like they're rotating them out seasonally. Is that Yeah, what I'm really bitter about the whole comics thing, man. I got to tell you. Until they just give it all to us, I think it's just – Kind of lame. Hmm. Hmm. I'm kind of. So. I kind of disagree. But from my perspective, is hopefully by like rotating it, it'll introduce me to stuff that I never would have originally read. Because if they give it all to me, I'll probably not read some of that shit. Yeah, I mean, they, it can all be there, and they could still have their special highlighted feature books every month and everything to draw attention to certain things. Like it could be the best of both worlds. But I'm yeah. scared. Like. If they have issues one through six of something, then that's one thing. But from what I've been seeing, it's going to be like one or two issues of each arc and not even entire arcs you're going to be given. Oh, that's going to suck. Yeah. So, like, and that's just, yeah. it's just an advertisement to buy more shit. And I mean, it's honestly, I would pay $9.99 a month just for DC Comics Unlimited if that's what it was. So it's kind of a shame. And Kevin Smith was showing off the comics reader on the preview show, and it looked fucking amazing. It did. Like, yeah. I, I really wanted to use that on my iPad. And I, and I will read some comics. I won't completely ignore it. But, it, it, man, they really just need to come on and give it to us. So that's just my two cents on when it. Think I think of, they're being a little yeah. bit greedy with when the you, comic side of it. When you think about 80-plus years of comics, 2,500 is like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, it's just a little splish and a splash of this and that, right? It's not really going to like – I can't just be like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to read the entire Alan Moore Swamp Thing run. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's what I want to do, man. I want to get a fucking hankering to check something out, and I want it yeah. just to all be there. 
And like, and Marvel Unlimited was a process. I get it. Like when it first started, that you know they have to get everything in and scan everything in. And so you know, as long as DC would just make me that promise, and like if they were adding twenty five hundred books a month, then it would be a different story. Hmm. Yeah. But they're going to take away the 2,500 that were there and add another 2,500 first issues of things that aren't complete arcs. And I'm just kind of like, eh, on that. Like, I am not buying the DC streaming service because of the comic books. They're basically like a little bit of a garnish on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there should be full runs of those comics. I don't feel like it's uh, fair to just give you like, okay, here's here's one trade issues, one through six, one through five, whatever it may be. And then you're kind of like, well, in order to finish this, now I've got to, you know, I've got to go to Amazon and and buy the rest of it. You know, I, I, just, I don't even think you're getting a full trades worth. Is my complaint? I think yeah, like, there, there a was tra- a, there was a few of them. I, I well, I can't see them just having twenty five, twenty five hundred number ones. Yeah, but, I agree with that, but I, I just still think it's going to be very like broken. But I think yeah, there was definitely some of them. It did sound like they were just going to give you like that first issue. But yeah, yeah if I, I saw like Flashpoint one. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of stupid. Uh. Comics aside, it look uh, Titans is going to run on Fridays, so it's not going to be like they're going to drop every episode at once, kind of like a Netflix format. So Titans is going to come out on Fridays, and it's going to appear uh, premiere on October twelfth. And then the other live action shows, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, with you know James Wan Swamp Thing, Star Girl, they're all going to be available at a later date. Along with uh, Young Justice, Outsiders, and Harley Quinn, so I think that's smart—the one a week thing. Uh, they just don't have enough new original content to be dropping the entire season of Titans right true, away. True, true. Like that's just bad for business. I'm looking forward to uh, new announcements of new live action shows and and new animated shows. Are, Eric, are there any animated shows that you'd like to see of characters or or even? Um, uh, live action shows that you'd like to see. I, it, it's real difficult to see, but I I would if they were doing this because they brought out Star Girl, who's a real low level character. Right. I don't know why they don't do like a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle and have it play kind of like the old Explorers or um, Quantum Leap, where they're just bouncing around. That that kind of show could be freaking pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, jumping into alternate realities and things like that, and you could have all sorts of different characters, and it could be a really episodic. I want to yeah, see I, something with Justice League Dark. That's, yeah, that would be great. I was going to bring up. I would love to see some kind of an animal Animal Man oh, show. Oh fuck yes! Oh yeah, fuck yes! Right, that's a great character that you can do a lot with. That you don't have to be beholden to any like much other DC mythology. You know. Well, I mean, I think that they should definitely. I know it's an older character, but I really love what Jeff Lemire did with Animal Man for the New Fifty Two. I I did. Oh yeah, that was a great run. Yes. Yes, and I mean it was short lived, but my God, and they haven't done really anything since with Animal Man since that. So, but yeah. I, w- I would love to see them take some different genre attempts too. Like I don't want everything to be like. I know Swamp Thing is going to be a little bit more horror-y, sure, but yeah. like I, 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 my fear is that everything's going to be of the Titans vein, and there's not going to be much variety. So I, you know, I'd love to see them like do like man, do like the Plastic Man comedy, you know? Oh do, God, yeah. Like, 
And just try different genres. Obviously, you're limited to, you know, the DC universe of characters, but I just don't want, like, everything to feel like t- the Titans show. Not that I think Titans sure. looks bad. Yeah. I just think it's a disservice to, like, have eight shows that are exactly, like, the type of stylistic thing that Titans has going. Uh, what about, like, I, okay, uh, DC owns the comic rights to Masters of the Universe. Do they own the animation rights? Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. I know DC's done a lot of stuff with, like, Hanna-Barbera characters, but I guess, like... That's comic rights, though, right? You know, yeah, and, and yeah. it's different from cartoon and film rights. Yeah, so, yeah, it's hard. it's tricky saying what they can and can't do. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still, war- like, Warner Brothers still has the Warner Brothers stuff. Like, I know they've done their goofy, like, Batman, Elmer Fudd stuff, and yeah. that could easily be adapted into cartoons if they wanted to. I mean, they own all those Warner Brothers characters. Recently, uh, DC did a, like, five-issue uh, miniseries, and the books were expensive. The comics were expensive, but it was five issues, and the comics were five ninety nine a piece. But they were like double sized, and it was a series called Mystic You, and it was about Zatanna going to like this kind of like a Harry Potter school where she's learning magic and and things like that. And it had a very kind of like uh, light tone to it at times, very comical and funny, and it had a little bit of that like CW romance in it. Um, Mystic U was just a great run. I absolutely loved it. And I would love Yeah, that to, sounds cool. It's so good, Jake. It is so good. And if that is available on the DC uh, Universe app, if you can read Mystic U, I highly recommend it. And then I would love to see them do something either live action with Mystic U. I want to see a live action Zatanna. Or even if they did an animated version of this, I would be very happy. Because it felt like very much like... Archie Comics meets, like, you know, Harry Potter meets, of course, like, you know, uh, Zatanna and, and, and some of these characters that I love from that part of the DC universe. And it was a young Zatanna. I, re- I really, really enjoyed Mystic U. So there's so much that they could do with this fucking service, and they're just starting out. And I really want it to succeed. So I hope it does great. Yeah, I'm very curious how much connected universe stuff is going to go on in the streaming service. I, I've really had that question. Like, right? Like, are there going to be show on some certain shows will be in the Titans universe, but mm. like other shows won't be? I, or will every show on the DC streaming service be part of a shared universe? I don't know. And that, at, like, are they going to go that route of like what the CW has done where they have these crossover events except for the Black Lightning show? You know, like where they're going to have. I would kind of just want like the swamp thing to stay in its own thing, and I agree. I I I think it, man. I think it's really easy to want to make the combined universe because you have the streaming service. But I think it would be way better to just have a bunch of different unique shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Definitely better for longevity. Eric, you don't have to agree. Would you like to see Doom Patrol and Titans and Swamp Thing and and some of these live action shows? Kind of like maybe crossover for like a big crossover event. Does that sound like if if they could do it right, would you want to see that? If they could do it right, but like if they're going to try to make a shared universe, maybe just kind of like share it with like events that have happened in the world, but not events or characters from all the different shows crossover because mm-hmm. they could really screw up like the the tone of the shows. Like yes. Swamp Thing's not going to go good with like Doom Patrol, I don't think. See, I've seen this happen so many times in the comics. I, I mean, it's worked out well for the CW. They've They've done some good crossovers. But we've seen this kind of shit affect the comics, Jake, where it's like you've got, like, you know, you've got a great writer on Supergirl, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, it's event time. 
And then, and then, and then the Supergirl comic, tur- it starts to turn into that event that, th- that DC's trying to push. And, and now it, it's, everything's changed and you're like, what the fuck? I just want, I, I just want to read my goddamn Supergirl comic. Why, why do I have to, now I gotta, now I'm reading this Supergirl comic that ties into this event. I haven't even been reading this event. Like, why the fuck do I care about this? Why are you doing this? Yeah, sometimes they do that shit within the first ten issues of a run. Yes. And you're just like, what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm very interested to see kind of how this is all going to go down. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, so within the span, um, next story in DC news. So within the span of a few days, Alec Baldwin, according to Deadline, was supposedly cast as Thomas Wayne, and then uh, in this uh, Joker solo film with Joaquin Phoenix, and then two days later. Alec Baldwin gets on Twitter and totally refutes it and says it's not true. This is weird. Like, and it doesn't come, this news comes from Deadline originally. What happened? Like, did some, it's, I felt like he left the project. I, yeah. Even in his statement, he, he, he didn't say it wasn't true, right? right. He, he said he uh, uh, didn't take the job. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'd have to read it again. It, it really felt to me like he's just saying like, no, I'm not in it. But it, uh, I'd have to read the tweet again. I'd have to read the tweet again. But I, I got the feeling I still, even though you're saying that, like I still got the feeling like there, like it was something that was discussed. And but he, but he's not doing it. So maybe it was like a whisper. But like uh, Jeff Snyder, who's an industry insider, reported recently that Viggo Mortensen had been offered the role, and then he turned it down. So, um, but. and, but it is true, like, he's hearing that Wayne Manor is going to be a location in the film. So, like, mm-hmm. it sounds like they are trying to definitely cast a Thomas Wayne for this film. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> you think it's going to suck, huh? So, yeah, I just, I don't like the idea of them trying to tie too much stuff to Batman. Why couldn't Batman just emerge from... You know, from his parents dying, he becomes Batman. But he has his parents now have some sort of back history that's going to tie to his arch nemesis. It just sounds terrible. Well, this whole this whole movie sounds terrible, except, except yeah. for the cast. I mean, the cast is incredible. You know, Mark Maron, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and you know, of course, Scorsese's involved in this thing. And like, who do they get? Who do they get as? Uh, they, they got the woman from American Horror Story, right, to play the to play Joker's mom. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. are you gonna watch? Are you gonna watch? Are you Sarah gonna, Paulson? Sarah, no, not Sarah Paulson. Uh, the the, oh. the woman from that that plays like. Remember in the first season, you had the maid that lived in the house, and like the the, the husband saw her as this young redhead. But the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, she's the, the the mother actually saw her as that old woman. Well, the, the actress that plays plays her is going to be the mother of uh, of a. Uh, I can't remember her name. She was recently in something else. On TV, is she in uh, Castle Rock? What is it? I don't know. What is she in? No, she's not in Castle Rock. She was in something else recently. That now the show. Now I'm just now. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I don't know. She was. In, she's in a bunch of shit. People. Um, she's she's good. Are you gonna watch the new American Horror Story? I haven't. I haven't, been, I haven't watched. I'm, last- I'm out. I don't care if they cross over everything. I, I, I'm just really. I don't know. They're, I'm just kind of burnt out on the whole thing. They're crossing over Coven and then the first season. Yeah, I don't know. And then the girl, the daughter from the first season, and then one of like the little witch girls in the third season. She's gonna play this. She's 
she's playing both characters in the, in in this season. Yeah, that's weird. Like uh, multiple people are playing multiple characters. I was reading about that. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm going to give I'm out. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to I'm going to watch the first episode see how it goes cuz if you Tupperware it, I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. If you high taste it, I'm out. Yeah, but Alec Baldwin uh not going to be in the movie. So, I don't I don't want to mm, see this that, movie. I, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Alec Baldwin fan when he's trying to be serious in a movie. Oh, he was so good in um He's been good in the Mission Impossible movies. He really has been. Okay. I have not seen that. He's not trying to be funny in those because I just assumed he was being funny in those. Uh, not, no, not really. I mean, as, as in, in the last one, I mean, he's, he's not funny. Uh, he plays it really well. He's he, he, not too serious, but, you know, not, not cracking wise either. So. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I liked him in, um, what was it? Of course, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross was kind of like a cameo, but he really came in there and just like kicked ass in that scene. Always be closing, you know, brass balls. You gotta have brass balls. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think what else he was in that he was serious in. I don't know. Hunt for Red October, he was, he was alright. Yeah. Yeah, it was tw- yeah. 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, he, he's guy, but he, he still has it in him. It, it's just one of those things where, like, we are so used to seeing him in playing, uh, you know, the, the comical things lately. You know, he's been like a big, a big deal on Saturday Night Live over the past. He's been one of their best guests ever. We've just kind of seen him do that this comedy stuff. It's scored like Thirty Rock and all that stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm yeah, he he wasn't gonna make or break this movie for me, so yeah. none of this really this, saddened me. This movie th- this movie is gonna break it for me. That's I mean, just yeah. the movie in general. Um Netaporter dot com had a story about Robin Wright and uh you know, she just just a Robin Wright interview and she's, you know, talking about a bunch of stuff. And then in in the article it says that uh we're gonna get more Antiope in a flashback scene in Wonder Woman 1984. The article, which is an interview with her, like I said, says, as for work, three weeks ago, the sixth and final season of House of Cards wrapped. Now, apart from shooting a flashback sequence in Spain with Connie Nielsen for Wonder Woman 1984 and preparing for her feature directorial debut, which starts production in January, blah, 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 blah. This, though, confirms that we're going to get more in T.A.P., in Wonder Woman 1984, and pr- possibly it sounds like more flashbacks from Themyscira. Uh, Themyscira. So this is great news. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So more flashbacks is great. I kind of expected that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we kind of talked about that. I think actually when we did our Wonder Woman review is like probably in the sequel we get more of this, but it's just confirmation. It's still it's 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 great to hear. I I want to see more of Themyscira and 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 the, and the Amazons and like you know them kicking ass and shit. So yeah, and surely the flashbacks will kind of lead into what's going on in 1984. Eric, were you one of the people that loved Wonder Woman the majority, or were you one of the people that hated it? No, I was one of the ones that loved it, and I got a little too excited here at my house because not everybody in my house loved it. And I praised it so much after the movie came out, or when it came out, and we went and saw it and walked out of the theater going, oh my god, that was a great WB movie, and they were like, yeah, whatever, you're an idiot. (laughs) Your family? Yeah. Wow. They judge you. They judge you. 
for everything. It sounds like where your t-shirts, your, your t-shirt, t-shirt selection. We talked about that off the air. They judge you about that. They, you know, this is what do you, what do you got to do? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I guess I'll have to take them to another Star Wars or Marvel movie. <laughs> Man. <laughs> A bunch of pricks. That's all. That's all I got for DC news this week, guys. <laughs> But you called your family a bunch of pricks. That just happened. Sorry. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's great. Uh, let's jump into Star Wars news, and then we'll wrap this shit up. We got, just, is everything, everything okay over there? I dropped my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm getting a little bit loopy over here. <laughs> you got... You, you, <laughs> It was third Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh wow, wow! That's. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I was throwing my phone back and forth between my hands. I, it, Jake, <laughs> is it, am I not entertaining enough? Is this, is what I'm? Talking? No, no, it's me. It's me being caffeine fidgety. Okay, all right, caffeine fidgety. Um, all right, let's jump into Star Wars news. Jake, I want you to firmly grasp. <laughs> I want you. To, I want you to, Nothing makes me more happy than we have to when we stop a bumper. I want you to firmly grasp your phone, okay? Stop fucking around with it. Okay? No, I, I literally kicked it across the floor, so I can't even reach it All now, right. and my headphones are stretched to it. All right, yeah, yeah. It's it's not possible. Uh, I'm Luke. Okay, uh, Star Wars news. Um, Variety broke some casting news this past week, which made me happy. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine cast Matt Smith in key role. So uh, sources are telling Variety that uh, the Crown star Matt Smith is joining Star Wars Episode Nine, which is currently in production in the UK. Um, it's supposedly a key role. It's a key role. Um, and, uh, of course, I, I don't know Matt Smith from The Crown. I don't watch The Fucking Crown. I know a lot of people watch The Crown. I don't watch The Crown, but I loved him yeah. on Doctor Who. He's my, you know, I loved him on Doctor He's not, he's not as great as Tenant, but goddammit, Tenant's big shoes to fill. I think a lot of people, a lot of people like Matt Smith more than Tenant in Doctor Who, and I thought he was a damn good Doctor Who, but, um, hmm. And I thought you were going to say the man who saved the Terminator franchise. Matt oh Smith. yeah, Genesis. Oh <laughs> God, yeah. I know, I know. I remember that movie. I remember. I remember fucking, you know, seeing that shit in the theater. Anyway, um, the, the, we don't know what side he's going to be on. We don't know if he's going to be part of the Resistance of the First Order. Uh, I would guess because of his uh, British accent. And I'm not saying all British people are evil. Not saying that, but a lot of time in Star Wars, when you have that accent, you're usually an officer for uh, the First Order of the Empire, whatever the fuck, you know. So, mm, agreed. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that input, there, Eric. Put a lot of thought. <laughs> I was, I was just like, I didn't know if I was supposed to like rebel against like Obi Wan Kenobi had an accent. And he was a pretty good guy. I was saying, in most cases, I know this, I'm- and I know, I know that Ray has the accent too. But I'm saying, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just not all pumped up for it. I'm sorry. Why? What you? What's your? What, what you got problems with Matt Smith? No, no, no. I'm just like deterred from Star Wars until I find out like how. It's oh going yeah, you I'm are. Sorry. You are a uh, last Jedi detractor. You are not a big fan. No, I was not a big fan. Oh, you. When we did the friends versus foes episode, you couldn't make it, but you were going to be on the foe side. You did not like 
Star Wars: The Last Jedi. You, you were one of those people sending death tweets to Ryan Johnson. I remember. <laughs> no, I yeah. just I told him I hope he trips and falls and breaks his dick. I didn't want him to die. You did not. <laughs> did you? No, I yeah. Oh. Eric actually created the name Ruin Johnson. Oh, oh. Mm, I, uh, he no, he came up with a fluke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from Hardware Wars? Oh, I don't know. oh my god! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I remember you were not a fan of the Last Jedi. Have you rewatched it since uh, since the theater? No, I probably should. I've seen it twice in the theater yeah. just to make. Sh- I, I don't know. I just didn't. It's not like I didn't like what happened in the movie. I just didn't like. It, it, I wasn't sold on the delivery of it. Okay. If that makes any sense. Were you throw, were you using the hashtag not my Luke? <laughs> were you that guy? No. Okay. I didn't. I did. I mean, I know I made some shirts for people to <laughs> celebrate <laughs> stain for it. You did. You made but shirts. No. What were your shirts? Tell the people what your shirts oh, were. Oh, Jesus. I made, I made Greg Allente and it was somebody else. I don't remember what it was. A shirt that said hashtag not my Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and I made a red shirt with white writing that says make Star Wars great again. And I've, <laughs> I have got, almost gotten into fights when I wear that shirt in public. So I stopped wearing it. Wow. Because people assume it's something else before they read it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder why they would assume that, Eric. I don't know. I did it for comedic reasons, but and I got in an argument with people at GameStop for a good twenty minutes with that shirt. But you don't want to have to explain the joke on your shirt. If if, that, yeah. if it's that complicated, it's probably not a good joke. Yeah, I know. It either pisses off people politically, or it pisses off people that love the Last Jedi. Wow, <laughs> you got you taking it from both sides. This is like uh, wow. I know it's like going to I saw it's like going to like a BDSM dungeon. You know you're going to get spanked for it, but you yeah. do it anyway. Yeah, they're filling both holes with you, man. I'm telling you. I know you got one. Oh, in the, man. got one in the mouth and one in the rear. Oh, can I, I get one of those um, shirts that say "Make Game of Thrones Great Again"? <laughs> well, that's a good one. <laughs> or Stranger Things too. Oh, oh fuck no. you! Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the further removed you get from Stranger Things season two, the, the worse you talk about it, Jake. I know, I know. It's, it's... <laughs> Better make one that says "Make Pop Culture Leftovers" co-host straight again. Oh, <laughs> oh, Eric. Oh man. <laughs> It's not my fault you just lap up that Stranger Things too. Aww. Aww. They put Steve and Dustin together. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, oh that, that's all they did. That's all they Basically. did the whole season. It was just a, it was just a team up movie. Ah, oh, Jake. Ah, oh, hey, Eric, send me that shirt. I wear a large. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, if, 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 if me and you were a couple, you would be sleeping on the Charmin bed tonight. <laughs> no, no, you'd have me sleeping on like the gas station one roll at a time bed. Hey, uh, Jake, that sandwich you're eating? Yeah, that's your dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jake looks at the counter and there's the meat grinder. <laughs> and that's why that sandwich wasn't filling. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. I know. Now, now I've insulted your manhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I Matt Smith in the Star Wars universe. People. <laughs> Forgot that's what we were talking about. Oh man, do you think? Do you, I don't know. I uh, God damn it! I part of me, part of me wants like a little Doctor Who Easter egg in there. J.J. Abrams is known for having little Easter eggs, like in the Star Trek movies, and he's known for having his Beastie Boys, you know. Um, uh, you know, Easter eggs in the Star Wars films and, um, and also in Star Trek. But part of me wants, part of me wants a very subtle Doctor Who kind of Easter egg in this movie, whether it be just Matt Smith holding a screwdriver or something. I, I don't know. I don't need, I don't literally need a TARDIS floating around in the Star Wars universe, but I don't know. Just something very subtle would be really cool, but. Yeah, I, I love Matt Smith, and I, I'm happy for him, and I hope the role is great. And um, I have never seen Matt Smith in a single thing. Wow, wow, yeah. Hmm. And and based on that, I dislike him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I think it's the hair. Oh man, Jake, you are definitely sleeping up, sleeping on that Charmin bed, man. <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Uh, every time I see a picture, picture of him, I'm like, ah, oh, there he is with his douchey hair again. I don't know. He does have a weird-looking forehead. It's, like, very weird. Yeah, a bit of a five-head. <laughs> it looks like, I don't know. It, it looks like, um, what does he look like? He kind of looks like, <laughs> I don't know. It kind of looks like Elmer Fudd fucked Frankenstein or something. And, like, <laughs> hi, I'm Matt Smith, you know? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Maybe, so maybe I, they I have, have no that robot judgment. Dog. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, canine. I, was just say, I I have no judgment about Matt Smith and Star Wars. Like you know, I just I don't know. No, you just assume that you hate him because you haven't seen him in anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, shit, man. I love Benicio del Toro, and I thought that was going to be awesome. And look out, look what happened there. Eric, did you say that they could throw canine into the Star Wars universe? Yeah, he could, like, maybe piss on his leg, or he could fuck BB-8 or something. Or just have him, like, in the background, like, where, you know, like, just, that'd be cool. I would actually love that, if they just had, like, canine in the background in some scene, like, not really calling too much, uh, you know, bringing too much attention to himself, and just kind of, like, that cool little Easter egg. I think I'd like that. I would, I would have no problem with that. Yeah, I feel the same way about Doctor Who as I do E.T. Keep it the fuck out of Star Wars. I feel the same about <laughs> And that still wasn't the worst part of episode one. Uh, anyway, we got, uh, Eric, I know you saw this because uh, you were asking me if I had seen it, but the episode nine set photos that were coming out, um, makingstarwars.net had coverage on this and they talked about Black Park's jungle set continues to unfold they said uh in recent weeks we have seen the area being dressed with exotic vines i have heard stories of the black park car park being pretty filled up and the situation causing traffic jams point being that it is moving forward today we are seeing what appears 
to be an area dug up about a step or two deep. Around it appears to be rocky set dressing. There is wood at the base of the ground, and there's some tarps in the area that could be for bedding to perhaps make it into a pond or to hold a small amount of water, as one local source theorizes. Uh, the area with the falcon is location one, and the areas being discussed in this update is location two. So, yeah, uh, there were pictures of the falcon released about a couple weeks ago, and now there's these jungle pictures, this jungle area, and they think that there is a cave on this world that connects to a base. They go on to say they have yet to see any empirical evidence of this, but they think that uh, back to an early draft of Return of the Jedi that had the Ewok village situated underground in a cave, it would be interesting to see something like that make its way into the final third act of the Skywalker saga. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, just more pictures here of, uh, of this jungle setting in the, um, and the, and the Falcon makes its way there. So, um, I don't know who is, uh, it's weird. It's weird when we saw like the pictures last week, Jake, of, of Chewbacca hanging out with Poe and Finn. So who's... Who's got the Falcon? Like, is Ray piloting the Falcon and Chewie's not with her as the co-pilot? <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sh- I, I don't know. That That's interesting. I, it's, not knowing how much time has passed yet also makes it hard to kind of... Yeah, yeah, good point. ...make guesses like this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's, uh, they're talking about possibly some of these uh, black uh, park scenes that they're filming when they actually go to the actual location they might film jungle sequences in laos so i don't know i don't know um get the drones ready to fly to laos yeah exactly so we can get some fucking pictures of like what's going on there uh eric i know you're not a fan of the last jedi are you what are your thoughts about jj abrams coming back and uh finishing the final installment of the skywalker saga here I kind of like the way he directed, like, the people and the the way the story went in The the Force Awakens. I just, so I am kind of excited. I just hope it's, it kind of gets, can jump back on track with what the Jedi, The Last Jedi, the momentum and the movement and the direction it was going, mm-hmm. rather than I hope it doesn't course correct. And I just, for some reason, I'm scared that it's going to just because he was going in a certain direction, it felt like, in The Force Awakens. So I'm just real apprehensive as to where this movie's going to go and how it's going to play out. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's open. We we have no clue because it's the the, the seek like the Last Jedi was not like a traditional like what we're used to. It just kind of I don't know. It, it left it open for anything really to happen in the in the third film. Yeah, it sure did. It sure did. I mean, and it really like. Who knows? Like the the broom boy ending just kind of really like gives that possibility of we could just pick up anywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, it could like this could be a decade or so in the future. It could be half a decade. We don't know. Like this could be years ahead, or it could. I guess it could actually just pick up right where it left off. But it didn't feel that way. It felt like they were going to do a time jump here, just like we'd had time jumps in like the original trilogy. And like for all we know. Like we could have, we could have more force users in this universe. So, 
I don't know. This sets up this sets up a lot of different things. Once they finish the final installment of the Skywalker saga, um, however it ends, do you want to then just kind of focus on like Ryan Johnson's trilogy? I know Eric doesn't because you're not a fan of like that, the Last Jedi, but like, do you do you want them to kind of like just focus on like the Ryan Johnson trilogy and then like some other of these solo films that they have coming out, like these I guess anthology films or Star Wars story films and then maybe take a break off uh take a break away from like the characters of like ray finn and poe and like maybe have them come back like a decade from now and then and then reprise their roles as those characters or or do you want them to just maybe take like a a couple year break and then come back and like tell more stories of those characters I kind of like the idea of taking a break and jumping into something new just because the idea of what all those new, I guess you could call them the new legacy characters, kind of like what people expect from them and what pop, where pop culture really takes those characters and then let them jump back in years later. Cause mm-hmm. I know these last few movies have divided a lot of people. And so maybe a new fresh without any kind of roots that are already established would be a good thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to get Jake's thoughts, but I'm with you. I would like them to take at least. I, I honestly, I'd like to take the see them take maybe a decade off. And yeah, I was going to say six to ten years myself. Yeah, yeah, and like kind of like that way. Like when when those characters do come back, you know, we are we're like, oh my god! Like it's been a long time since we've seen like Ray, Poe, and Finn. What are they doing? What, what, what's going on? Like, like, what is she doing now? What, what is, what is Poe up to now? What is, what's Finn doing now? And then like, you know, how does Chewbacca fit into the story? Are we going to get C3PO and R2 coming back? Like all these questions, it's going to drive us crazy. And I think it'll, I think it'll cause more anticipation and hype around those films. And in the, in the interim, they can do, you know, like Ryan Johnson's got his stuff coming out. And of course, like the, uh, Game of Thrones guys, uh, you know, Benioff and, uh, is it Benioff and Vice that are doing the, yeah, they're doing uh, D&D. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing their own thing. So, yeah. I agree with that, Brian. It's like one thing we haven't gotten from Star Wars since Disney started with Force Awakens and we only got for Force Awakens mm. was just the excitement of not having seen a Star Wars movies in the theater for a long time. Yeah. And it feels like an excitement that we may never get to experience again, right? Like, whether you loved or hated Episode One, just you can't deny the feverish excitement that led up to the movie. Yeah. And I feel like Force Awakens also very much had that same effect. But now it's like, not that I'm not excited when a new Star Wars movie comes out, but it's by no means the same kind of like head-exploding, feverish feeling. And maybe you could definitely recapture that again by putting these, you know, as Eric called them, new legacy characters on the shelf for six to ten years. I mean, obviously, we're still going to have other Star Wars movies coming out, but you could definitely maybe recapture that just crazy anticipation of a Star Wars movie once again by kind of shoving these characters. Yeah, yeah. That's a a great way to put it, because... I did love these characters. Like, you know, I still do. I'm not saying I did. I, I mean, I still do. I still love Ray Pin and, uh, Ray Pin and Foe. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I'm, uh, I, I don't even know how many mudslides in I am. Um, <laughs> I love these characters. And so, like, uh, I would be very excited to see them come back in the future. But, uh, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm so excited to have Billy D. Williams coming back, man. I'm really fucking thrilled to have, 
uh, Lando Calrissian coming back into this universe. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with them. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got, guys. That's all the news. That's it. All right. Yeah. Time to go eat and go to bed. It's fucking, we did this like in, in record time, Jake. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It was a slow week. It was a slow week, very slow week. So what's, uh, what's, what's next week? What's coming out? Uh, the Purge TV show is coming out September 4th, I believe. Oh, I'm excited about that, actually. Yeah, it's coming out on USA and Sci-Fi, so we'll probably be talking about that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, we, uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Would you, would you ever want to do this shit again? Uh, yeah, if you could like maybe make your co-host great again, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, oh, I like this idea. I, I'll let me know when you want Eric back on, and I get a week off. That's a. That's a I don't know, man. Make make Jake great again. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you like it's it. that subtle. It's a, it's a, that's a little catchier. <laughs> Make so, Jake great again. <laughs> yeah, Madra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thank you again, Eric. So everybody, check out all three episodes of Cos Buddies. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. It'd be it'll be a good like one eighth of a day for you. <laughs> And then, and then maybe by the time like uh, Poe, Ray, and Finn come back, maybe another, <laughs> maybe maybe another episode of Cosmetics will be on the on the horizon too. So after you, you guys have taken like a six to ten year break, um, yeah. Uh, so check that out. Also check out uh, the Leftover Army podcast, uh, Brute Force and Ignorance with uh, uh, DM uh, Dungeon Master Jacob Harmon uh, with. Uh, you you play Shay. You play a woman, don't you, Eric? You know what? Before that even started, I had already had my character created and sent off. Had I known um, the conditions in which my female character would have jumped in, maybe I would not have made a female character. Yeah. But, yeah, I play a female character. I have a very sultry voice once the next couple episodes hit, by the way. <laughs> nice. I can't wait. I, oh, wow. I've, I've really been enjoying it. You know, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun listening. It's, uh, it's, it's you, you just joined the last two episodes that I've heard. Uh, Jai Rivero, Frank Hammer, uh, Dan West, and Matt Kirby. And then, uh, Jacob Harmon is a damn good dungeon master. Very good. He's, Every week he's always got like a, a, a gr- my favorite episode that I think was the one where everybody went through their own door and had like their own adventure. I, I really had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, I like that one too. I wasn't on that one, but listening to those guys, every yeah. single one of them, it's like they're professional role players. Well, uh, and the, the thing is the episode where you showed up, like the way he described it and everything, like I'm visualizing everything. Like, you know, and it's like, the way you show up is pretty fucking badass. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It, it's been it's been a lot of fun for me to listen to that every week. I, I, you know, when I work, I drive. I do a lot of driving, and you guys have. I've just had you guys in my ears, which sounds really dirty, but also kind of sexy now that I'm thinking about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you might not be the only one with a micro penis, so it might fit in your ear. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting tag team in the eardrums. All right, guys, we will see you next week. 
You know what? You know what? I didn't say this entire episode, Jake, that I wanted to say. It's our worst episode ever. No, it is. But I also wanted to say uh, this is episode two forty eight, and I was going to say two times four equals eight. Episode two forty eight. You like that? Mm, no, I'm glad you didn't say it. <laughs> fuck, fuck you! Fuck you so fucking hard right now. <laughs> you made a good creative decision there. You should edit that end out. <laughs> I, you know, you know what I might not edit out now. <laughs> I, I love that that math. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many levels of brilliance. Uh, Jake, I don't know. Uh, Jake, Jake earlier, we had, we, it wasn't really, should I say it, Jake? So people, oh no, me. leave me alone. <laughs> okay, fine. All right, all right. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Forget it. Guys, we will see you next week for episode 249 uh, again thanks for listening and just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags thank you for your patronage and uh, yeah thanks for listening again a little, <laughs> a little redundant with that statement but I'm very thankful for everyone listening so we'll see you next week yep yep 2 plus 2 I'm getting the fuck out of here <laughs> fuck <You're> a, <laughs> you, you are a mathematical dickhead <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? He let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftover.